Welcome to episode 26 of It's Server Time. We've got the usual suspects here lined up. Their mug shots are right there in front of your faces. We've got Mix, we've got Note, we got Pronogo, and we got myself, Maui Snake. We're going to be going over a lot of what happened at Blast Spring Groups. We're going to be talking about the future in both the form of future tournaments and maybe the future of Counter-Strike. Wink, wink. Maybe that's Monacy. Maybe he is the future of Counter-Strike. Or maybe it's a team that I like, and I'm just going to go right into this. I'm going to go right into big. I think they're the future, guys. I think they are the future of being a team that's going to be a fringe top five contender. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you got me there. They're not, they're not, they're not. Okay, I'll just put it out there. I've been pretty high on big for a while. I think, well, for a while being ever since the Fafin move happened. And I'm just going to say, I think that what they showed at Blast was more or less what I expected. And I want everybody to to remember that they were basically a round away from beating FaZe and all, and all, and taking them down. And everybody's putting FaZe as one of the teams that should be a top five team. So... What are you guys? What are okay? Yeah, this is this is a little self-serving, but what are you guys gonna? Uh, what do you guys have to say about Big? I mean, I like the way they looked in the matches that I saw from them. Their T sides look like they could use some work um, on a few maps, at least. Nuke, but especially, nuke especially for sure. Ancient. Um, yep. Yep. Ancient and Nuke were definitely the two that were the most egregious. Um, but. No, I actually do kind of agree with you. I I was I wasn't very high on them until I saw them play FaZe and uh, Astralis, but I actually think that they have a lot of potential. They just need a little, little like I would say probably two more months before they can really start consistently beating some of these top teams. Definitely seems a lot better consistently overall. I'm really glad that like they kind of took care of business against Astralis both times. Like it wasn't really close, just two clean like two O's. And yeah. obviously, you had like closer matches against Phase and and Phase and EG. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just the two Astralis matches, they look really good, close to beating Phase, and just seeing Big like just take care of business like that, which I feel like has been not something they've been doing for like the longest time, the past year or so, was really inspiring to see. I'm I, I like the, the fact that they can throw many nades in a single round. I think that's pretty good for big. <laughs> uh, you know, they got that down. I mean, they've always been like an interesting team just because they're one of the teams that historically haven't really been able to get to the top. But they don't. It's not like they're what they're lacking is the same thing that all the other teams are lacking. They're like, you know, people have called them budget Astralis in the past when Astralis was on their tear. Uh, funny to see them obviously overtake Astralis at this event. I still am. I'm really curious about Maui Snake's like, you know, you're inflating the stock, dude. You're trying to send them to the moon. I'm just wondering, like, is there a, maybe a little <laughs> a little word we could whisper in the back of your mind there? Is it online? 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 Can we say that? Like that? Searson looks like he's been hand, handed chicken nuggets this whole game, dude. Like he's he's cruising. He's got his his diet coke or whatever the kids are saying now. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's just drinking coke. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the phrase. But I'd, I'd say that that's fair that it's online. Um, but if if the HLTV top twenty list taught me anything, we have to count online. Also, oh, we have there to. We go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a little stab at it. Uh, what we did last show, but uh, no, I think that what like Sersen's level right now is good enough that I I could safely say he's a top four opper. I don't know. Like Zaiwu and Simple are definitely better than him. I I'm not even sure who that third is, but he could be third but slash he's fourth. 
Yeah, but he's fourth. fourth. <laughs> but he's fourth. Exactly. Like who? Okay, who would you put as better than Cersei based off of the form you guys saw here at Blast? Because in terms of rating, I think the only people better than him were what Nico and Zaiwu at this event. So who's who? And he he can take. He seriously can take over games. And even on T side when he has the op, he can trade like it's a rifle. Like he can just run into a bomb site, get the trade, and then now you're playing a post plant with an op. I mean, I so, think third is pretty obvious. Yeah, so you think he's third? Oh, third's off. Okay. All right. Sure. 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 Sure thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but actually Shiro is a Shiro's a good a good show from chat. Okay, yeah, it would be Shiro. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I think well, Shiro, I, Shiro We haven't really be... seen Shiro yet, which is probably why it wasn't in yeah. your in your uh Well well we I, I mean we saw him at Fun Spark and Shiro was the best player at that event by sure, far. Sure, yeah. So so yeah, I think I think that's where I if if this level of form can be sustained by Cersei, I can I safely would put him fourth right now. Uh, in terms of form, yeah, I, I actually, there's no question about that. Um, and there's this is this is a thing where it's like where I'm talking about form. I'm not talking about what he did three months ago. It's today, and today he is absolutely obliterating people from the server. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. You can't you can't say that like big aren't getting the results because you're just looking at them and they are. So as much as I'm I'm sitting here waiting patiently for the lands to come back in this year, um, you know that that's something that we're all familiar with back last year. I'm I'm waiting for that to happen again, and then we can be, talk about big. We can see what they're all, all up to, especially with this Favon move. Obviously, that's something that Maui Snake said earlier is you know going back to a full German lineup, and uh, yeah, sucks for Gade, but whatever i mean i saw some funny comment somewhere <laughs> that they were like oh yeah well gade must have made them really angry at all of denmark because they just demolished astralis twice or whatever it was so that i mean like they've got it going on they figured it out it's just the question of the perennial question for big is can they figure it out on land thankfully we for them anyway we don't actually have to answer that question yet we can enjoy the fact that they're just popping heads left right and center and uh you know peaker's advantage and blah 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 so yeah, I mean, enjoy it while it lasts. Awesome. We, we all have to hate them a little bit because they knocked out two NA teams from this tournament. Mm, so we have to hate them a little up. bit. Okay, okay. Do you want to just, you want to, you guys want to just jump into the NA teams? Let's, you want to just, sure. let's just cover it. Let's just do it. Okay, so, uh, so Mix, I bet you were looking pretty close at the complexity stuff. What, what, your, what were your findings? Uh, definitely not all there. Um, the last time I VR was pretty bad. It kind yeah. of seemed like a lot yeah. of like, this is like for a lot of them kind of like their well at least for like junior and just like together like the first time like playing events like this consistently and they definitely didn't look too good at the at the moment definitely mm -hmm. still have quite a ways to go in terms of in terms of that and there's always like growing pains with this team um i think as they get more comfortable and as they kind of get um as they kind of get more in tune together as they kind of get more time together they do grow more comfortable typically in these like types of games and like floppy grows to be a lot more confident he needs to find like confidence in his role grim still needs to find confidence in his role and they still need to find how they're like slotting in junior and everything so that was definitely a bit rough um so complexity definitely hoping they can have a better showing at the uh the kettle beats they play in i think no, that the I na know. teams overall it's yeah. really tough for them coming into this because a lot of them are okay I'm not saying this in a, is in a way to excuse the the poor form, especially given the opposition. Like Mix said, MIBR, come on! And but however, Mix did predict that MIBR was going to smash, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. They didn't exactly smash Astralis, but I think that the result that they ended up getting in that best of one online match 
what might have been some people would say yeah it's great it's <laughs> even better um however so going back to the na teams though as long as we're going to focus in on some of the roster shuffles that have happened, like these are players who in some cases have been had, you know, essentially had to play completely different roles than what they were coming up with. And now they have to go back to where they were, right? If you think about Grimm, if you think about Junior, obviously Junior's always been opping, but the idea is that he hasn't necessarily been in the, the full English speaking roster over in Furia. He was probably not used the same way at all, I would say, that as he was in Triumph. And then he goes back to Bad News Bears temporarily. And now he, here he is in this ro- in, in the NA roster. Like, like these players in general um, don't necessarily have the same like recent history of playing the same roles or in the same positions or in the same team complexion, right? And so that I think is the biggest note here is that we definitely need to see them gel over a long period of time. And I think it's a deceptive thing because everybody else you're thinking, okay, well if you're going if you're going international like shocks on liquid, then you've got to change your language, you've got to do all of those things in addition to finding spots on a team. But so it feels like, oh, they should just go instantly. What's the problem? What's the delay? What's the holdup? These guys don't have nearly as many excuses. And so I'll just say a little bit of devil's advocate there. Watch out because these players might just need a little bit more time to gel is all I'm saying. So I can't say I'm surprised. I am a bit disappointed. Like I wanted to see an NA team escape one of them. I wanted them to at least beat MIBR. I think that's the biggest disappointment for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, what did you think? What do you think of of Cole at this? I mean, between this event and Funspark, I think that obviously Funspark had the caveat of JT being yeah uh, playing online. Hundred forty thing. Yeah. They also still all of their maps there were really close over here. A little less so, obviously. They took G mm-hmm. two, I think sixteen twelve, and and my BR was sixteen ten or something, or maybe yeah, it's another way around. I'm not sure. Um, to me, that like yeah. obviously that big, those big aren't great results. 10. Big was sixteen ten. Yeah. Big okay. was sixteen ten. Yeah. Obviously, those aren't great results. Um. But I still think that the fact is this team haven't had nearly as much time to actually practice in Europe as most of these other teams that are actually committed to staying there. And it's literally only the first month of the the season so far. And I think they only had, I want to say, a week and a half or two weeks of practice there. Um, And one of them was even without JT actually being there in person. So I think over time, this team just needs probably another two to three weeks of consistent European practice to sort of surpass some of the barriers they have right now in terms of actually uh, overcoming some of those late late game situations. Um, I think one of the big things I noticed from the matches they were playing here was that Junior is still really struggling to mm-hmm. sort of fit in um, yeah. and sort of reach that same level that he had before. So I think once he actually is able to find his form again, then they'll be able to find a lot more consistent impact because it was pretty hard. Um, yeah, just like, there's like three moving, there's like three moving pieces that they still have to like figure out and kind of like give time to gel, which is like floppy, obviously mood roll. So like he's more of like a hard lurker role now. Grim is like still, you know, trying to get back into like a decent form. He's kind of playing some roles around liquid, but it's like in a much different way. Um, so it's not really that similar. What do you think, what do, how, how do you think he plays him in a different way? I, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't look at Grimm's demos, but so I don't. I didn't like take a super close look. Well, I don't. And I'm sure you look closer than I did. Yeah, like I don't necessarily like playing differently already, but like what he has to do and like what he has to bring to the team in those roles is like a lot different than what it was from Liquid. So it's like you think he has to come more, up with more or what? Yeah, I think like more, like more aggressive, like more. Yeah. He just has to be more confident, like being aggressive, like taking space in his laurels, just being confident, like taking duels in them. And like 
actually, you know, gaining the confidence that, like, he's going to win them a lot of the time, like, understanding that, like, his teammates trust him, even if, like, you know, he goes for something and it doesn't work, which I think still takes, like, a lot of time to kind of get out of your system. Um, yeah. After a team like Liquid. And then, like, with Junior, I know for, I know that, like, the big thing with Junior at the moment is, like, his comms are a lot worse than OCs, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that, like, it's kind of, like, similar to, like, where OC was at the start of, like, the ATK team, um, where, like, he's kind of lacking in comms, kind of lacking in assertiveness a lot of the time um i think junior doesn't doesn't as much lack in assertiveness it's just that you know he's often like not talking and like not calming enough to what what his teammates are used to so that's like another thing that like they're trying to work him trying to work him up towards and like they have to get used to playing around differently so it's like really a lot more different like a lot of different moving pieces compared to just like replacing like marky one for one and then like replacing oc one for one it's it's a big transition I'll say one big difference I did notice about Junior versus OC in this lineup at both FunSpark and and this event is that I I think that what we see on sometimes the the VOD makes it look like, oh, Junior's missing shots. But I I think actually OC OC misses shots, too. It's not that that was the the thing. It was it was more like OC just gave himself so many more chances in rounds like he. OC knew how to move around what I would call kind of tier one European uh, strats and execs a little bit better that he can find space and find opportunities more frequently than Junior. Where I think Junior, like this kind of hurts to say, but Junior's kind of been been kind of noob stomping, I think, in Premier, like the style that he's been playing a little bit more, whereas OC kind of doesn't like he Junior kind of takes more risks, took more risks that look kind of like that, that could, you could have died if you did that and you missed the shot in a way that was bad but with OC it was almost like every shot he took he found as many opportunities as possible and he hit enough of the shots that even if he missed a couple he still ha- gave himself maybe two more chances in that same round like the difference when you're playing against him is that like if you're playing against OC it feels like probably like five times harder to actually find him and kill him compared to yeah. like Junior where it's like oftentimes we're like if you're like have someone there quick for a trade or like if he misses the shot you're often just kind of catching him out whereas like with oc it's i found like as oc especially as like he got better and better it became like a lot harder to actually like find him and kill him he would just you know he's just really yes. good at repositioning making sure he's not in a place where he's like misses one shot and then just gets caught off guard he he was very aggressive but like he, he knew how to do it a lot a lot better and possibly mm-hmm. because he has been playing against like better teams for for a better time than than junior has it's like the same way device is frustrating to play against in his prime yeah, it's like yeah, the best yeah. comparison I can make off the top of my head. Yeah, if if you were to if you were to do a <laughs> if you were to do an OC versus uh, Junior, I, yeah, I would definitely put OC as the device, and then Junior as uh, I don't even know who I'd put him as right now. I mean, simple but without necessarily hitting all the shots. Yeah, without he doesn't hit right. everything. He doesn't hit. He doesn't yeah. hit with like ninety percent accuracy. Yeah, yeah. That's I guess that's kind of fair. Uh, Do we feel like all of the oppers, at, at least at key moments for the NA teams, like I know we've been zeroing in a bit on complexity, right? But I feel like all of them kind of went a bit missing in the like just at the right times to make sure that they, you know, when their team needed them the most, they vanished sort of thing. Now, I'm not necessarily saying it's a massive trend because it's only a sample size of at most two events in the case of complexity, but for the most part, one event. But it, it does feel like, you know, I, I remember the games against big, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about back to like, obviously, there's. Um, it's not just OC, it's not just Junior, but Cirque was another opera that I think wasn't uh, necessarily up to, you know, we, we were hoping that this new lineup would reinvigorate him and we'd be able to see some of the NRG Cirque, you know, that, that good shit Cirque, but instead 
you just take the we haven't gotten part. it yeah we haven't gotten it yeah um yeah let's switch the conversation over to eg a bit uh i caught a good amount i think i caught like mm, i didn't catch i didn't catch all the group stage stuff but i watched their play in one versus big big uh i saw that automatic was really consistent like there, like he felt like a guy that made almost no mistakes, and for a guy that's just coming back into the space, it it was really like on his defaults on over when they when they beat big on overpass. I don't I don't think he got caught once on that on his defaults on yeah. Like side. the difference the difference between like how automatic played coming back and how nitro played coming back was just like completely night and day. Yeah, automatic. Yeah. I was saying like automatic kind of looks like he had the floppy buff where you came back and you just yeah like reinvigorated. He just looked even better. Yes. Yeah, I could, I could, I could attest to that. Yeah. Did you? What do you guys get out of a of this EG lineup? I mean, I think you kind of said it already, Pernogo, that Cirque was not, uh, just not what we what we needed. I actually yeah. think that almost a bigger problem for me is Breeze, though. Like, I thought, I thought Breeze. It's it felt like it feels like with Cirque, you know, there's kind of a there could be a confidence thing with Opping. It, it sometimes is like you just have some trouble getting back into the flow, but like rifling doesn't feel like it should be this hard for breeze and it it kind of is yeah there oh. were probably bigger p problems than the op i figured that was a nice transitioning point because we were just talking about ops for so much in the other side of things yeah i think i always notice i have like this weird thing where i try to focus on like okay did they get the op this round but you know especially with the economy changes that have gone back and forth and the fact that the meta is the way that it is with a lot of saving you're almost like setting up your opera to succeed and you're you're taking the L on a disproportionate number of rounds on CT side if you get outmaneuvered by your opponents that you have to save and even T's are saving more often, although it's not the majority of rounds by any means, uh, to just to keep the AWP out, right? So that's why I, I personally look to that and I'm thinking you your team's like literally building protocols of how to exit the bomb site or exit like towards another area of the map and hold angles and maybe even use utility just to save, just to stay alive mm -hmm. after, after being hunted, right? So you have all of these responsibilities as a result of that and you know if, if anybody plays MOBAs it's like if you you know you've got all the gold on your team and then you just run in an int and die and then like well okay well now we can't really do anything now the difference in CS is somebody else could pick up the gun but you know maybe that's even what they were supposed to do in this event I don't know man it because Cirque does feel like he he was still just his old self and we need his old old self like I mentioned earlier but to the point about Breeze it does feel like Cirque isn't the only one here that, you know, deserves a little bit of criticism at the, in the demo review, a little bit of, you know, looking at wh what he could be doing better. I feel like to some extent, I, I have seen Breeze go up and down. So there's like a heartbeat there, but Cirque has been a bit more of a flat line at this point. And that's probably why I zeroed in on him a little bit more because I'm just waiting for him to, to show me a sign of life. Whereas Breeze, I know mm -hmm. like he's been better in the last year plus with EG, right? He's been, he's achieved some semblance of his older form a little bit more recently than Cirque has. And I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for, uh, for both of those players to, to come back. But the, for, for me, the biggest question is whether or not Stewie's having a, an instant positive effect on this lineup. And maybe that's a question that you guys might be better equipped to answer than I am. Cause I'm just watching from the sidelines and you guys have probably talked to the players a bit more than I have. Maybe not recently, but like, do you guys think that, uh, Stewie in particular is like the man for the job? Cause this is a guy with a lot of questions surrounding him. I actually think that Stewie 
knows best how to use and this just should not be surprising at all he knows best how to use his ex-teammates sure, like yeah. Ru rush actually did pretty solid and automatic yeah, like out of pretty out of, like solid. everyone it was for, like for, russian automatic kind of looked the best yeah why why is dude yeah rush rush actually had some some pretty impactful rounds uh in in their games and stuff so like finding multi-frags in positions where complexity rush i don't know if i would have expected that but yeah. eg rush is like oh okay yeah, there's like a nice 2v3 rush had where it was like his, yeah, like rush absolutely like it was on overpass. Like rush had to like make a play, like push into bank, like kill one guy, and then he kind of like kept pushing further and like kind of just won them the round just entirely by his own. Just like yeah, being super aggressive in two v three and just yeah, like it was kind of surprising to me. I that like rush and automatic almost like kind of looked the best out of everyone on the team. And I still, I have like I definitely have like my my questions with like Stu's IGLing. But one thing that like I always notice immediately, like even with this team or just with his teams in general. Is that I feel like they all they never play scared. Like a Stewie team is never like playing scared to lose. You know what I mean? It's I always feel like they have like a really good mentality going into the games, and they always like and that like that that mentality of like how they play. I think kind of gives all his teams like a pretty good a pretty good chance against most teams they play against because Stu just kind of has like that natural leader mindset of just you know he's not he doesn't fear like any of the other teams. So I. It was almost, I think, hindsight. Almost, I kind of thought that like EG looked the best out of all the teams. But mm. when I go back and look at it, I still think Liquid probably overall performed the best. Oh, dude, just imagine this EG team with OC instead of Cirque <laughs> right now. Oh man, it would be I, nuts. The, would be, this be, EG team is that version of us. Is, is is like NA Astralis right now. It's like you know. I think they they would have more success if they brought back Skadoodle and Tarek from the bench. Just saying. Just saying. There's there's actually there's actually reason to believe that because of how how Cirque and O's, uh, Breeze performed, but uh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the last NA team, Liquid. Uh, what you got? So, what do you guys what do you guys think of their 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 run got cut short because of Navi? I I think that if it weren't Navi, like there's a there's a maybe there, but I also think that that veto idea to they picked Ancient into Navi if I'm not mistaken, and that that was just like. They didn't have anything for that at all. And I feel like that's kind of a... Ancient's kind of a trick pick for a lot of teams where it's kind mm. of a bait where you think that, oh, we can catch them off guard with that. But I actually don't think, even if you catch people off guard, that there's enough... I think it's just I think it's just the map design. Uh, there's just not always enough you can do to make it like a huge surprise or, because everybody has a pretty strong CT side on that map. So it's, it's tough to find footing anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think Liquid's problems just came earlier on than the Navi matches because they choked two leads versus FaZe in the groups. Oh, okay, yeah. That was brutal. That was, that was like the most brutal match that I watched on both ends. Um, it seemed like flashes of old Liquid almost in that sense, but I don't think that they... like. I would agree with saying that Liquid is probably the best looking out of the NA teams at this event specifically. I think that I, I don't know whether to even say that they need more time to practice because a lot of these players are really experienced and obviously I think OC looked pretty good at this event in general mm -hmm. in terms of adapting into this lineup. So I'm not really sure. I don't think anything really needs to change for them. They just have to, again, just get more reps under their belt. But again, it's not like this liquid choking thing is a... Is a not an eternal story, so I just yeah. hope that this doesn't sort of carry forth on this lineup because I watching that Inferno game, especially, I think it was like an eleven four lead or 
Maybe they, I don't remember if they won rounds after the half. Actually, hold on, let me check quickly. Um, but I think they had an eleven four lead. Uh, yeah, and then they just they lost something like the next eight, mm. not eight out of nine rounds or something like that, and it was a tie game. And then they they lost in overtime after getting match point first. Yeah. So, it was that was a painful game to watch. It's just and how it goes with Liquid, man. Like people, even the fans yeah. are accustomed to it now. You'll always see them going like, "Well, <laughs> we have this lead. I can't wait to see how we lose." <laughs> or they, the the real fans turn it off after they get the lead, and then they inevitably read the match thread later. Like, thank God I didn't watch that whole game because God, I would have been so pissed. But that, that that's what gets me about the Liquid team is that it seems like no matter which players they cycle through, they always have the potential, and it's almost like. I don't think that changing the banner necessarily does much to it. Like if, for example, a hypothetical scenario, if this was an, a different team entirely, right? If this was Orgless instead of Team Liquid, I still think that the same stuff could happen. I think it's probably a lot more about the, like like you said, note, the fact that they don't have reps with this particular roster means that Nitro hasn't had the time to potentially instill like the ch- the, the leader of man sort of qualities that he's purported to have behind the scenes. I think that's probably a key missing ingredient for them. So it, assuming he can pick up the slack with his numbers and he can improve as he gets back into the saddle, so to speak, then then he can focus mostly on just making sure that his, his players aren't going super emo. And I mean, that's something that people have said about, for example, Elige, the behind the scenes stories that end up leaking out anyway, because of the players involved, they say that, well, this guy, you know, if he doesn't, he can get checked out basically is the gist of what I've heard. So, I mean, that's one of those things that I think is almost, it's worrisome when that kind of story becomes common knowledge, because that's something where that, that can be an emblematic, like defining trait if you're not careful with it, right? If you're if, if, not just for you, the player, you can choose to ignore it. But if everybody is like, well, this, this team lost and look, Elise looked kind of emo in the post game interview or whatever. So he's probably like, then they just speculate forever. And like, that's a small minority of people who are even watching the games, but it's vocal enough that if you read it at all, if you take it in at all, it can almost start to define you. So I just hope he's himself managing to, stay away from that because he has to be their star still he has to be their top fragger he, he does well it's it's him or it's him or naf and it, oc should be in contention for those three what i what i would love to see to try to thwart that kind of liquid curse is is for maybe like shocks to step up a little bit but i think that yeah in terms of letting him you know get the reps in i think something that shocks hopefully will bring because because he isn't he isn't really bringing it in the server right now is a, a better mentality because he's been known in the past to be a really good captain of sorts to keep people's mental on on check in check and uh, that that's something where if you're if they're able to to use the best parts of Shox's intangibles then liquid has potential to really kind of like pull them up from the themselves up on the by their bootstraps and get back into shape in in these kind of games like where they just shouldn't let things slide as they have in this tournament and hope hopefully just it hopefully just stops here hopefully shocks just recognizes that hey i i can contribute here in more ways than than one so what i was going to mention right after pernogo is that it the the one promising part of their their run here is that Elise OC and NAF were their three best players yes. yeah. consistently in the matches that they played. The and as you said, I think either Shocks or Nitro stepping up a little bit will help them take that over the line. It's really all they're missing. Whether it's Shocks bringing the emotional stability and Nitro playing a little bit better, or 
uh, shocks bringing up his own individual level a little bit. They're literally just missing that last tiny little impact between one of those two players to actually take some of these maps because they most of the maps that I watched were close enough to the point where they lost based on like one kill in certain situations. Like they literally got an they got entried somewhere. Like Nitro lost a dual banana or something, and then they they ran over B really quickly. So a lot of those sort of um, micro losses between like a, a single player losing a duel mm, yeah. are things that can change relatively easily with obviously Nitro getting more practice in after switching back. I think almost like the biggest question for me and Liquid is going to be just like how OC develops and like how he starts to play against like all these like top teams as he gets like more consistent experience against them and if he starts to like level up himself and consistently delivering against those teams because I do think Shox and Nitro will improve like shocks i think shocks just naturally is going to improve like he's basically been put in like all the bitch roles just like you know what is what he's what he's brought in for and i think it's a good use for him and like you said he'll kind of help the morale he'll kind of help you know kind of th- keep things up if they are like having these choking issues like shocks you know is a pretty good leader in his own right and i think he'll be able to help him with these types of things and with nitro it's obviously just he needs more time um he was kind of in valorant a lot longer than than automatic or or floppy were so he came back mm-hmm. and he was obviously pretty struggling like a lot i saw him like he was pretty much at the bottom of the scoreboard like most games and i don't necessarily think like nitro is going to turn into like a you know sick igl fragger again but like yeah you know I, I do think he'll consistently perform a lot better than he was i mean keep in mind he was also the opera last yes. time he was that igl yeah, so that really elevated his stats in in certain areas i don't think he's gonna be able to replicate that back as a rifler in this lineup especially he, doesn't he also even doesn't even need to. Here. I mean, they have a, yeah, a exactly. better offer on the on the roster. So the the thing about the Liquid lineup is that it does feel like our general consensus is that they're the closest of the NA teams to just getting it over the line and actually, for example, escaping the groups here or whatever, you know, continuing to qualify onto the, the greater events. The question is really like how much of this also is going to transform to, to land play, I think, because the last time we saw Shocks do some good things, you know, in Vitality, obviously, that that was in the heyday of their land play when they had their sort of like emotional honeymoon thing that went on. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's also questions about whether or not the like Shocks specifically is translating well over into English. For me, um, you know, people have we've said on this podcast before that the one of the things that Shocks does bring as a veteran is a little bit of emotional stability in that sense or a leadership of man type mentality. But that is also, like, I think a caveat for that is that that's coming on after the fact that he's built a reputation as a bit of a queen, right? A bit of a a drama queen. And that also, he's, um, specifically, that was communicating in French. And I don't know how up to the challenge he is of doing the same thing that he was doing on Vitality as the as the veteran, as the person who's trying to lead everybody into battle. I don't know how well he can do that in English in the same way. Because the thing about Shocks is that I've heard that uh, pa- Mr. Papillon, Monsieur Papillon, is uh, a bit of a poet, a bit of a wordsmith. If he can't really get the right words out, you know, because he's not fully grasping the language, that might affect even how confident he is, right? So that's a bit of a reach. But, you know, you guys get what I'm saying is that it's a bit different when you're trying to think in a di- another language, but you also want to tap into that element that really does inspire confidence and, and the feeling of morale-boosting leadership actually being on the server. You can't do that to the same degree if you're speaking a language. I don't think the language issue is really much much of a problem for sure. I think he's pretty pretty fluent. I think he's pretty fluent. Yeah. Okay, fair uh, from from interviews that he's given in the past, he can be 
uh, almost verbose sometimes. So that's good to hear because I have, I yeah. personally haven't caught him in any of these English speaking interviews. I suppose I will be able to yeah. now a bit more often because of the Team Liquid uh, content team being. Or I saw they released like a FPL frag movie with him recently or whatever he was posting about. I do think it'll just take like time for him to actually get yeah. comfortable and used to it because I mean yeah. at the end of the day he is still in, like a completely different environment than he's ever been in before. I think yeah. he has only been in like French teams at, up to this point, right? I can, if, so, if he's yeah. been in a non-French yeah. speaking yeah. team, Almost I can't remember. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so now he's playing with with four Americans, and it's not going to be like that huge of like a culture shock or anything. But it does definitely take like you know a bit of getting used to like this different environment, different players. I'm sure they have a different mentality somewhat than what he's used to, and so over time he'll get more comfortable with them in in and out of game, and he'll that allow him to just kind of be more comfortable in terms of. You know, if he needs to be kind of like a leader of men in some of these situations yeah. and kind of lift them up, then I I think he'll he'll be comfortable doing that. I'm kind of moving into a position now with where we are. It's 2022 with with players that if you're going to join an international roster that's not in your first language, or if and it, it like it becomes a little bit of your own fault if you just can't speak English well enough nowadays, like I, this is so, this yeah. is so privileged to even say this, but no, honestly, <laughs> it's just like, it's just seriously like, yo, like don't, don't try to make it work. If you don't, if you can't make it work, you know, like there needs to be a little bit of self-awareness in these kind of moves for yourself when you're, when you're switching rosters or you're building an international team that if, if these teams that are, you know, there's teams in the tier two, like ecstatic that are all like almost all of them are speaking second language English and they're getting up pretty high for where, where, they should probably where you look at their names on paper and where they are it's like what this team is overperforming in english and then you give a, a team like liquid a pass and it's like may maybe you give them a pass because it's like oh shocks doesn't really know english it's like dude like he shock should speak better english than like f three of these guys on ecstatic Much of vitality they also have like Zew, yes. you just learned english you have two new danish players in a in a french core now yeah, they exactly. performed very well at this well, event. Well, the, the so. counterpoint to that is that you can just stop at they have Zewu, and you don't need to talk about any caveats. They have fucking Zewu, dude. Like <laughs> at that point, it does. I I do agree that like if you're if you're popping in and you're you're saying like yeah. I'm going to join this international lineup, but I don't really know that great English. You do have to, you know, learn from what your limitations are. You really got to know them, maybe test them a little bit, but ultimately don't bring down everybody else and, and also yourself just because you wanted to do something that you thought you could do, but you really can't. And that's why I keep telling Valve to stop making maps. I, <laughs> okay. That, that spun off cool. somewhere. I didn't think it was going to go at the end of that. Um, sure. <laughs> Uh, let's just go to vitality. Let's go to vitality here. Let's, um, cause, cause they had a, they had an awesome, awesome, uh, event. I, there's not, I mean, other than the, they lost to phase and I think they pretty much just owned after that. Right. They, like, they uh, lost to ROPS. They lost to ROPS. My favorite the player. Same game from ROPS in that <laughs> my, specific match. My absolutely favorite player. Um, you know, Okay. We'll, we'll get into ROPS. We'll get into we'll get into phase. Uh, yeah. But I I want to bring up that I, I think that this vitality lineup the way the way I put it to start or like months ago was that I think this vitality lineup should hit the ground running. I think they immediately should be contending for for titles essentially. Uh, like they should be immediately no no three months from now no not even like two months from now. Like I want them to be contending, and I think they showed a good enough form here that. They are easily like top top five in the world easily. Uh, I don't think that I have many doubts about saying that at all. So 
I think that the Dupree Magisk angle of them getting to play certain areas together too, like that's just that's just kind of like one of those things that's just going to have built-in chemistry from the get-go. And I think it's a really uh, like pragmatic approach, like the way they played uh, like Dust Two. I think it, yeah, Dust Two. They played mm-hmm. they played B together, mm-hmm. and I think like what Magisk was B anchor, which was always his spot, and then Dupree was yeah. B rotator. Like that's just. That's just a match B-side, made in like yeah. B side on on Dust Two at this point is literally just called like Magisk. That's like literally what every team calls it when you're like there's playing, like so like, many on spots box on site. Yeah, the like, box on yeah. site where you're using the AUG and you're peeking through the little like there's a little triangle window in the box. Yeah, that's yeah. Magisk right there. Yeah, I think uh, either way, I think this lineup is really good already. I think that basically this is what we hope for for this kind of lineup where the the Kyojin element was obviously like the biggest drawback of Vitality and where you'd always be like, oh, but they have Kyojin. And now it's Majisk in those spots. And or or if it's not Majisk, then it's just somebody else from or it's Masuda, who I think took over like long A on Dust 2, like, for it's, example. It's crazy. Like, it's G- just better. Vitality, just Vitality better. beat G2 and Zaibu was like the third highest rated player in the series. Yeah. It's like, it's like what? Oh, their teamwork on the fly is so is already so good too. Yeah. Like they're flashing for each other so quickly and reacting with crossfires. It's so it's such a it's so pl- pleasing to watch them them put things together. Yeah, I mean I I think that I want to see them play more best of threes at some of these upcoming tournaments. Obviously, I, I think they were the only team, they and FaZe obviously were the only team during their first group stage to actually play a map other than Inferno in their group. Um, which <laughs> yeah. was, by the way, the most boring thing I've seen. Like, even the analyst desk was not having it by the end of the day. Even production was um, memeing it, yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'd be, I'm looking forward to seeing this team play more best of threes. So I think, especially when we got to the, to the later stages of the, the event, they were also pretty clearly showing that they could perform very well deeper into series as well so the the loss to phase didn't really um tarnish wow. my reputation you're gonna say phase me you're gonna say phase me what i like my, yeah, yeah, I I, say I, the lots to phase didn't phase me <laughs> no I, I can't do that i'm leaving that sort of thing for pernogo okay. <laughs> it's not my style of joke you know um sure, sure. i think i think uh yeah, I think they're going to be a team that performs really, really well in best of threes. So it's, I would agree with you. They're definitely clearly a top five team after this event in terms of the the overall cohesion and level that they play at already. So I I really want to see how they're going to play in Katowice because that's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in seeing yeah. where like specifically how, what the ceiling is for vitality right because like this is like like note said not a great number of best of threes not a huge sample size to go for yet but you know obviously the g2 game was a barn burner despite being online i, I think all this stuff is really exciting and it's really nice to be able to see them go up against other top teams the other teams that are meant to be top teams um following all of these roster moves so that's one of the things that i'm definitely pretty grateful for uh seeing them in action there I, obviously everybody saw the the zywu like apex flashing him in and him getting that ace on uh what was a short like short, stuff like yeah. that yeah that's that's some some just of course yeah zywu is still on the money which is what we need to see like we need to see zywu keep you know maintain his form even if he dips down a little bit, then you, you can start talking about like, oh, can everybody else, you know, fire up to their level? Um, I still, this is still one of the things that I'm, I'm unsure about is whether or not they were right to pick Masuda over Shocks, assuming that's even what was on the table. Like maybe Shocks was trying to leave anyway. But if 
you know, if they go for Masuda, they're they're saying we prefer the firepower and this like sort of the future of this rookie over the veteran talent. Uh, and to an extent, they already have like a decent amount of veteran talent. It's not like they're lacking that on that lineup. But the question that I always have is like, okay, do you really need more firepower if you have Dupree and Magisk? And do you do you necessarily at the same time do you need veteran status when you have Zonic behind you now, right? Like something that Astralis are feeling pretty hard worse for wear over is the fact that Zonic is not behind them anymore. I think so. Like that's something that you know you can go either way on. I, I'm interested in seeing where it goes. Um, this is one of those things where if it, they didn't get off to immediate success, I would be a little bit worried, even though this is an online event, because this is a team that has so much talent and Vitality is an org with the full French lineup. We're doing so well at the end of last year that it's like, man, the, the expectations were pretty high. So the fact that they defeated G2, like that was pretty good for uh, like, must have been a nice sigh of relief, right? For them to be like, oh, all right, well, first challenge taken care of. This is a kind of a specific point when I when I watch them and I'm thinking about how how good some of their rounds look. I will say that I think that the vitality test for me is when maybe their T side entries don't go as well because there were a few too many rounds for me where I mean th this is such a again this is such a weird like nitpicky statement but they, they almost got too much value out of Dupree and Apex just finding entries on on certain T side rounds and I'm kind of like can you keep doing that? moving forward when some of these teams are a little bit more uh well oiled with their crossfires and how their their mid their like kind of mid-round setup should be because sometimes apex would just run into b and just double headshot two people and it or dupree would do that on inferno just I, like they would just run in and it's just it's just like what that just went too well you know and it, it's maybe that maybe they're just super skilled maybe they're just really good so so they can they can do stuff like that but i also feel like when their backs are against the wall a little bit more and it's a 2v3 post plan, I should be able to trust them, but I also don't know, like, how is a 2v3 post plan going to look when it's Masuda and Majisk or something who were, you know, just a little bit weaker at this event. So I I, I don't know. I think there's going to be some some tests coming up for Vitality where I want to see them pushed a little bit harder by, by teams because I, I think sometimes their game plans just went too well. Uh, which is which is so weird. Maybe maybe that's Zonic. You know, maybe Zonic's helping out with that. So that that's in part why I said I was looking forward to seeing them play best of threes because when you're playing a best of one and you're vetoing down to a single map, you're going to be relatively comfortable overall, and you sort of know where it's going to end up in general. So being able to see best of threes where a team might pick a map that's on the fringe of their pool, uh, like maybe it's their third or fourth best map, then I think we'll start seeing more of that, more of what you're talking about in terms of uh, how uncomfortable they could possibly get. Mm-hmm. Uh let's let's move on to let's move on to FaZe, who, you know, they took that map off of Vitality. Uh this like this lineup was really also hyped because for for reasons that it's just Olaf is just Olaf was just, you know, hit or miss in games, but Rops is such a consistent force. And even though I say a lot of negative stuff about Rops, like I, I'm not gonna like I'm not so far in like Rops Hater Island that I can't recognize yeah, his you, greatness. You also did acknowledge like this is just a straight upgrade, like no matter how you put it. Yeah, it's a it's a straight up upgrade. It's just a straight up upgrade. And I think that proved itself at this. But I will say that they were very close to losing to Big. Like I'm not gonna let that slide because I and I think yeah. So, so like, they, yeah, they could have lost. They should have. They probably should have lost to Liquid, and they could have lost to Big. So it wasn't by by any means like as clean as you would have liked to see them. But they they still did uh, not drop a map in their group, and they still 
uh, got through 2-0 over, over Big also. So I think that... They lost like, to Vitality or, once. No, wait, not 2-1. 2-1 over Big. 2-1, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and they lost to Vitality one time in their, in their group. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, right. So so it's not like they're, they're, like, they're not flying Definitely out the still gate. a bit, like, yeah. yeah. It's still, a bit, still up and down, definitely. They're not just, like, full-on, like, honeymoon phase, just fucking banging out everyone. Right. What do you, what'd you, Mix, what'd you, uh, what did you think of maybe like the maps they lost or even the close ones? Whatever, yeah. Um, one thing that actually stopped me, I almost said earlier, was that Brokey actually just kind of keeps impressing me with the op. I feel mm. like he always just kind of has like a lot of impact. Especially, I feel like he was, I feel like he's almost the one that's like almost consistently showing up the most between like, from like map to map. Like Twist had like a bad series against Big. Rops was kind of like, he wasn't like it wasn't like bad or anything, but he definitely wasn't like mouse sports form or anything. So I actually was like really impressed with Brokey. Now he just kind of I I didn't I didn't know him how much I actually rate him as like an opper. I think I like said that in like some of the past episodes, but he kind of just really impressed me like uh, so far at Blast. Just super consistent. Seemed to always like have a lot of impact most consistently on phase, which was like a really solid anchor for them to have. And then it was kind of like a bit more up and down still between like Twist Rain. In, in uh in robs i i, I want to say that i think like twit this this rifle firepower on their team is is so it's kind of hard to even uh like get a grasp for it because i noticed i noticed when watching uh blast and this is obviously impossible when you're watching uh a vod or a uh, a live game like there were a lot of rounds where the camera would be on robs and then you just kind of see the kill feed and Twist just gets two kills. And you're kind of like, what what just happened? And he's just he's just kind of silently locking down his positions. When you actually look at his stats on CT side for Twist, he had a 1.48 kill death ratio. Like that's that's pretty and a 1.24 HLTV rating. That's kind of insane. And I feel like we didn't we, I feel like we actually didn't see like a third of his kills, if not more, in in the games that I that I saw at least of phase. So it, it's really yeah, it's it yeah, is kind yeah. of weird. I know what you're saying because, like, whenever I I feel like like as from when Twist actually joined Liquid, like, yeah, I mean joined Phase. Sorry, it, it's always kind of felt like he's he's been good, but also he's just kind of like quiet and like silent sometimes. Like it's hard, it's kind of hard to explain. Well, obviously the Observer um, is the Shadow Realm Maui Snake, right? The mirror the parallel universe one where he's the biggest Rops fan, so he's always spectating Rops. It, it was stuff. on Rops a lot. Yeah. It was on Rops a lot. Yeah. It, it was kind of interesting though because even on the broadcast on Overpass, they pointed out. The the fact that they have ROPS gives them the opportunity to run like a couple of different plays successfully that they that obviously Kerrigan tried running before, but it didn't really work with the having Olaf as a piece. So there's a round where they like popped out monster within ten seconds of the round and they just sent I don't remember who it was, I think it was Rain or or Kerrigan or someone, and they just wide swung out died, and the other three of them are just sitting in the monster smoke. And they go out so late, and they still find success because Rops goes and clutches a one v three after they eventually get on. Right? <laughs> well, that's and just it's like <laughs> it's just like the fact that they have a player that can sort of come in and late and clean up like that and make those situations, uh, sort of reclaim those situations. And they didn't really have that before. Like you either had Twist pop off and win that one v three, or you had nobody else really to do it. Before. Okay. Yeah. Is Does that mean the strat it? is good though? Like you yeah, can, I, you can I, we can I, run this play because he wins one turn. Race. I was expecting. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's not necessarily what I'm saying. The the end point that I'm trying to make here is that the the opportunities to make 
plays are opened up so much more by having someone like Rops on there. Because mm-hmm. even Twist was able to make a lot more plays because Rops is putting so much pressure elsewhere. And the other team's so worried about where Rops is going to be. Like on overpass, he was literally on B, he was short, he was A, he was long. When you, are, when you have a player that versatile who's having that much impact, you can also just have Twist go and sort of do exactly whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And he also was able to create so much pressure without any uh, any sort of, I guess, with less yeah, worry than he would ha- being the, the only person who can really open up some of those types of rounds, right? I know, I know what you meant by it. Like, you know, obviously having Rops on your default now just opens up like a lot, a lot of different plays. Like, there's like a lot more pressure that like you can add or like fake out and stuff. But it's just yep. funny how you explain it. It's like, so before, <laughs> Carrick and Strat wouldn't work, but now it works because Rops can touch a 1v3. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. literally true, though. It's actually true. <laughs> I think Holy he's a Rob genius, Carrick's dude. playbook is massive. Carrick, <laughs> yeah, Kerrigan is clearly a genius, at least so I thought until the last series against Big, because up until that point, every game except for the second Vitality match was overtime, and that second Vitality match was 16-10. Clearly, he's trying to get as many rounds as possible of practice. And that's why it was 16-14 against Big on their own map pick. And then they were like, eh, 16-2, whatever, just get it over with. We thought this was a best of one, bye. And then, yeah, so that's how they won, I think. But I, well, I actually think- playing Ke- to win scrims, what are you doing? Exactly, exactly. I, I actually think, though, that, like, if, if, Car- if there's some truth to my very comedic assessment of Kerrigan, like, trying to make sure that they get a decent amount of practice- uh, and li- it's not stage time because it's online, but the idea that they can gel in an actual live match and they can sort of afford to go up and down a little bit in the in their groups and still qualify out. It, I mean, the 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 you're not giving yourself the massive, most big, like most large margin of error. If you fall down and then you don't qualify, it really you you got some egg on your face at that point. But if you can manage to qualify despite all the close games, in theory, that should be fuel for you to improve and continue to gel as a team. And all these intangibles that we love to talk about on this talk show. And for me, I think obviously Kerrigan's supposed to be like the goat IGL of at using a new player who's just slotted into the roster and instantly have finding success with them. Cause that's what he almost qualified like the old envy roster to a major once upon a time. If you recall, and he was just on loan there yeah, for like he, a month. So. It was like with drone and Cutler. And yeah. Something Nifty like that. Nifty and yeah. JDM. Nifty and JDM. Yeah. Nifty that's and just, JDM. Wow. Well, yikes. Yes. That's a big, it that's both. a yike. It was both. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, if Glaive uh, was running that roster, Glaive would be like, give me this fucking op. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to circle back to the the point briefly about the like what Rops allows Kerrigan to do, um, which he which he, which he like kind of was capable of doing on Mao's even with Dexter, but like he started just playing so passively, it was kind of like heartbreaking to watch his skill just be used in the most selfish way ever. But the way like now like this is kind of what I thought you were gonna say note, and what I would what I would take from it is that with with Rops like when you run a default and you have Rops on some side of the map, it's almost just like he's not eighty percent of the time he's either gonna find you a kill or just not die. Maybe even ninety yes. percent of the time. Yeah. So yeah. So like it, it just keeps such a and he can keep such air so much area safe at the same time. Like like lobby on nuke, he can basically hold that whole lobby from any spot. Like it's so it's so weird how he's able to have a, a grasp on it like the way he does. It's just, it's just like it doesn't matter if he's in trophy room, but it's still like he's not gonna let them push lobby. You know, like he's really good at shit like that. That was okay. that was kind of the point I was trying to make in the end though, because like when Rops is able to do that, you're also allowing Twist, which was the topic we were talking about before, yeah. to have also more impact as a whole because you now have two players that are able to pressure like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Let's go to let's go to a team that probably surprised a lot of people with their qualification to the finals. That's OG. So this was a probably I mean for a lot of people, I think the the Nexa move just I, I feel like a lot of people were kind of neutral slash negative on this actually. And I think I think they look really good. I think they like every game I caught of OG was pretty impressive. I thought their T sides were uh, a pretty solid balance of of calling with kind of like map dude the way they played against nip i'll say this when, when they played against nip on mirage i was shocked at how it felt like pressured nip was on some of their rounds when nip was on ct side like og was able to take so much ground from them and then just make their life feel bad like like shit so i think that nexus actually do like showing a lot very quickly in terms of his calling ability. And it's kind of, ra it's raising my stock for him as a leader uh, with what he's already done so quickly with this team. I think counter V2 would be like the big test for them. Cause to be honest, yeah. they also, they didn't really get tested much here. Like they mm -hmm. played, uh, what who they play like Astralis twice and, um, and an IP without device, obviously. So I definitely, I don't know. I was pretty neutral on move overall. I felt like it would, they would still be like, be pretty decent just because like i feel like the change of pace would be good for the team and good for pretty much everyone in it um but i definitely could see them like yeah being better than they were before just just by virtue like i said like that that change of pace and that change of like vision sometimes is just what a team needs like you know just freshens things up it helps maybe like a player like flames that like wasn't able to really get himself going with a lexi b and you know yeah but that's kind of but overall i'm kind of like neutral on og still i don't want to like overhyped them based on the, the blast performance but they they did look pretty decent that's fair that's yeah fair. They, i mean they basically cruised their way to qualification the only team that really gave them much uh migraines were nip which is another team that we probably didn't expect to uh, almost yeah almost mm -hmm. make it as far as og did uh so yeah i mean that's a situation for uh, i don't even know if we'll get to nip specifically but for og i think the the biggest revelation for them was probably just having a like injecting a new igl into something that i think by this point the whole team was probably even if it wasn't finding them the most success the whole team was probably pretty comfortable and dialed into alexi b's system so if you can convince somebody that like you're coming in you know your organization has done the swap with g2 for the igl you probably have some clout at that point to basically be able to say, hey, listen, uh, we've got Alexa B's strat book remnants here. We're, we're going to stitch some of those together and keep the, keep the old system. But how about all these ideas? And then, you know, obviously Nexa can start calling the strats in a way that, for one, no team going up against them is going to know exactly what to expect. And for another, like even their, the team, if they find any little bit of success, they're going to instantly, like psychologically, I think, if you find a little bit of success, this team is probably going to be like, oh, nice, it's working. And then if it doesn't work, it's almost like, well, maybe it's because I don't know the strat well enough because I just started. So let's try it again. And so you still get that like sort of, I mean, they call it the honeymoon period, but I, I kind of imagine it's like... Probably kind of honeymoony yeah. for yeah, yeah, them yeah, right yeah. now. I, I imagine it's more like you're uh, you wa you open up a, a toy for Christmas and you're it's like a Lego set and you're trying to put the pieces together and you're like oh this is so cool and then if it like doesn't work you're just like oh let me try again you know so yeah. there's my because like as good as as good as Alexi B is it's not like OG was like fucking dominating the world or anything like they were yeah. struggling a lot of last year so just coming in like I think like I feel like Flames like better than I've seen him in OG like yeah. this like since he joins and that probably helps like Flames like it's like a new IGL so. You feel more comfortable, like I'm sure he like he he had his own ideas on like with Alexi and stuff, but you still just feel like more comfortable with like it's a new IGL, there's new ideas, just like a new kind of vision for the game, and it just it just gives you like a fresh start. It is pretty, it is kind of honeymoony, so I do want to see like how they actually 
grow as a team and if like flames continues to get better if like that's like the main thing for me especially if og is like i feel like flames has to become uh, a star for them for this team to actually perform how how they how they want it to how it's built and so if they can keep building on that and it's not just a honeymoon phase and you know the next move could turn out to be really good for both sides really yeah, I think the way Nexo was calling for this team worked out really well just in terms of allowing the individual places to sort of play together. The the one thing I did notice in a couple at a couple of moments at least was that Mantu looked a little bit uncomfortable positioning wise in terms of mm-hmm. where he was playing on certain maps. Um at, just specifically round to round. There was moments where he at least didn't seem to know like what to do when a team was execing, or he was like in positionally a wrong position. Um, like triple on Mirage when they're coming up uh, yeah. and Ramp or yes. something like that. Stuff like that. And that happened a couple of times. So obviously I think that's stuff that can just be improved over time. I just hope that it's not something that they like to be with sort of mitigating and it sort of regresses in that way mm. um, in terms of micromanaging him a little bit. Oh, but yeah. I think, hmm. I think that's what that's sort of what I thought of when I saw that happening a little more because that isn't something that I remember seeing too much of, um, but I think in in general, it's definitely right now we're seeing a honeymoon phase. When you reach something like Katowice and we see them play in more of these big tournaments, it's going to be their real test to see Agreed. whether they can sort of maintain that momentum because they're still probably using at least the players are still probably using a little bit of what they were taught by Alexi B for now, but. Three months from now, that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I, I think when you're only replacing like a one-for-one IGL swap and you have the other four players, you're likely just going to keep like the entire playbook for the most part yes. and then just kind of change over time. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to just be like, let's scrap all of this and like completely re-go over everything. So I do... And, I, and that's like a big reason like like maybe you, like how Stan always came into teams that like Daps was just on and just fucking... He would call really good for like the first few months, but then maybe it's, you know, after teams kind of figure them out, maybe not able to adapt and create his own little system. And so you kind of have a lot of momentum from being able to just use the previous stuff, but just calling it yourself and maybe adding, you know, some variations here and there. Okay, do we think that of the teams that qualified for the spring finals, uh, people can look up all, all of those teams, but I mean, it's too many to list right now. I, do, you, do you guys think OG is the weakest of those teams? I would say yes. I'm gonna say yeah. I think they're the yeah. Weakest. I I was kind of thinking between them and Big, but I I would still put Big above OG. I think. I think if it were a Bo3 I just today, believe in them more. yeah, that's the thing. If it were a Bo3 today, I might I might see OG, OG could win it. Like they could do it, but it's kind of one of those things where in like three weeks, I think Big's just for sure gonna be better. Actually, so yeah. that's like also the, this performance from from. Uh, from OG, it did involve when you look at the stats, like Nexa having a one point two four with a with the highest KD of anybody on the team. Like that's not. I'm sorry, that's just not gonna happen I in mean, a month he from was, now. He was like, maybe not, he was pretty maybe, good for G two for a while. Not not that high, but he was like a legit fragging IGL like he early G two and on crazy. Like yeah. He was. Hashtag In the beginning of G2, crazy. he was. Yeah. <laughs> I think to your, to your spring finals point, the only thing that I would wonder about the between Big and OG being the worst team there, or the, the worst performing team there right now, would be the fact that it should be a LAN event, and if Syerson isn't able to put up the same sort Ooh. of level that he was online, then mm-hmm. I think OG definitely surpasses that, but... Obviously, if Searson comes in and, and he can actually mm. keep that level up, then it should be big over OG. Yeah, I don't know if 
I, the thing is, like, I don't know if OG's success also owes a little bit into into not just the online aspect where like Searson is like a known bedroom abuser at this point, right? But like, if you look at OG, like, <laughs> if you if you look at OG, <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> no skill cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it sounds like he has just wild sex all the time. <laughs> He's just abusing. I thought about that after I said it, and I was like, oh, maybe not. But too late now. Just uh, keep yeah. it going. Uh, OG, okay. I think. Uh, their success now is more due to the fact of like the honeymoon period and also the teams not knowing what to expect or how to scout. Um, and people, you know, people in chat were talking about how OG uh, avoided Navi. We haven't talked about Navi yet. We will. But I just wanted to say that if Navi couldn't scout MIBR because of all of the stuff that was going on in that camp, I don't know that they would have been able to accurately scout OG. And that's a big part of the Navi camp is like how to how scouting stuff, figuring out like what to do in preparation. Yeah, not necessarily just anti-stratting, but just getting a feel for what the team is going to be able to to put at you. And they can adapt mid-round, sure, but if they don't need to adapt mid-round because they already have the game plan going in, then they're much better at like op- coasting through the opening part of the game. Um, so I think OG probably still would have you know potentially been the team to upset. Uh, you know, if MI if they were swapped to MIBR for some reason or whatever. So, but that's a, a side point. I I still feel like. Teams are going to start to figure out what OG is up to. And at LAN, maybe because of an accelerated schedule or something like that where the games are more back-to-back, if if OG have a strong start early on, then maybe they can, you know, place higher than big. I don't know. It feels like it's kind of a – it would be a race to the bottom for those two teams. But I guess we don't know who else might um, – is, is that is that event actually locked in for, for its team list, or are there more teams that are going to uh, qualify? There's two more teams through the showdown. Through the showdown, that's what I thought. Yeah, so, like, depending yeah. on who comes to the showdown, maybe then there's like a, a worse team that can. I think can it's going to probably be like just just to be real, like Gambit, uh, Heroic, VP. That's it's probably one oh, of those. In three, that case, two, yeah, OG and Vigor definitely like the the bottom two probably. If if those two teams are, I would say anyway. Like if you're listing off, maybe Heroic could depending on if they're like still in it uh, at this point. But yeah, like if if VP and and Gambit qualify, it's like well, I definitely put those guys over. OG and big personally. Alex, surely you mean liquid and complexity. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I knew it was coming. Yeah, surely. So you tried to beat Mix too because I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Surely I'm it's on my copium. Complexity in three months, or actually, when's the showdown? It's probably two months from now or something. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, actually, I wrote down Navi, but I don't really want to talk about Navi that much. I think. The ever, just... ever changing question. Did you guys talk about Navi? <laughs> Classic. Do you like? Do you guys really want to? Okay, I'll, I, I'll just I have put it just in one point to make about. Sure, I don't know sure. Yeah, if if we can decide, we you can decide. Yeah, just, we'll just go, go, go. So the, the point is yeah. that, like I said earlier about the whole Navi thing, like if they can't scout you ahead of time, if they don't know what to expect, you can really surprise them. Now, Maui said you said earlier that Ancient was like a, a a trap pick for this because you think you can catch them off guard, but Valve doesn't know how to make maps, and that's the key flaw in everybody's plan. So if we look. Lose? Yeah, exactly. So if if we look at just the the Navi side of things, I feel like I, people were saying something about Blade coping as a result of the MIVR loss. We, we can talk about the format a little bit later as well that allowed them to qualify in the first place, which is a bit whack. But I think that the reason why every I mean everybody always piles on to these first sort of first runs, even if they're online, even if they're best of one, everybody's always like, ha ha, Navi lost, Navi era th- three months or whatever. Um, 
I'm not 100% sure that that's the case, but there was always going to be a question mark as to whether or not Navi could perform against all the teams that have built, literally built rosters just to defeat Navi in the first place, that they don't even look like the most scary opposition. MIBR dropping Shallow and saying, fuck you, dude, we're putting in yeah. I can't. I still just can't believe that. I predict MIBR <laughs> to beat Astralis. You did. You did. They you beat the... Navi, and then they lose to Astralis. Yeah. <laughs> We they, have they we do have to show, give you a little obviously. round of applause for for yeah. that one mix. Actually, Sorry. you did you did say that MIBR were going to come out on top. Uh, I'll just sum up what I think was the story of Navi. If anyone wants to contest this, feel free. But it just felt like they come into the event. You know, it's the new year for them. They came back from their vacations in uh, God. Where do people in Russia and Ukraine vacation? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know where they Croatia. Croatia, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. There's some nice features in I Croatia. Say about that. So they 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 go to Croatia, they vacation, and then they came back. They weren't they weren't really in form, and then they they suddenly were in form. Like that's just that's where I go with. I this. really like. I'm not gonna lie. I don't put like any stock in how Navi looks. This yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, agreed. Exactly. That's what I mean. Okay, let's go to let's go to the, the last exciting team then, in my opinion of uh, of this event, and that that's G2. Uh, we got Money Monacy coming in hot with a nice clutch. But I actually don't think I don't think Monacy was like he was he's okay. Monacy is like already maybe a top five, like top six, seven scout player out there. Like his scout is maybe it's higher than that. That's yeah, so actually, specific. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it could be higher than that. Actually, it could be top four, five, top four or three scout. Like defeated dude, only gets, by Legia at Flashpoint two. He just whips people in the face with the scout and you don't even see the crosshair move. And this is something we saw at the We Play Academy League. So yeah. we knew it was coming, but it was just like, I couldn't believe he when he was doing it to the tier one or yeah, to tier one teams, just whipping people with the scout. It was like, damn, it was that like, was awesome. You see, with most players, when they have a scout, you're not like too worried about it. You're just like, oh, it's just a scout. But then there's like players like... Monacy and like there's probably like a few others that, like, when, they, when they have a scout you're like holy fuck like this is terrifying like you're actually you're generally scared of just getting your head popped off like around every corner on a on an anti-eco yes yeah exactly he was he was headshotting people constantly with it everybody you know everybody just goes for tag so many uppers go for tags like mantu is a notorious body shotter with the scout yeah, I, don't, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't i don't blame him that's a good, yeah, that's a good strategy. it's consistent it's good to do that right but but uh but Monacy is like i'm all about getting getting headshots he's 16 so i can't i was gonna take that somewhere else but he's 16 yeah jesus (laughs) reasonable Um, has to go up to canada for that joke to make sense I, yeah, I don't think that makes sense either Um, sure sure sure. i was gonna say i think in canada oh my god (laughs) moving swiftly (laughs) onward moving forward i think i think he landed honestly landed about where i expected in terms of where he needed to perform on this roster as i said even in the article i wrote for hltv uh, during the break i think that he doesn't have to be the best player on this roster he doesn't even have to be the second best player on this roster as long as he's bringing consistent impact and actually putting up like grabbing the kills that he should be with the op and being able to sort of perform better than Omnek was with the up. This team already sort of has the pieces they need with Nico performing so incredibly well with the rifle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything is he past... Omnic? No, is he better than Omnic? Monacy? Yeah, is he better than Omnic? 
Absolutely. How is this even a question? <laughs> I mean, I need to hear you, know you say it. I need to hear you, you say it. You know what? It. I saw the Amanek 1v4 uh, clutch and a face it pug on Reddit yesterday, too, and that was clearly better than Monacy's. So did he really uh, have one? He didn't really have one. In, did he? Some, in some face it pug or something. Yeah, he did. Who was he against? <laughs> like, knock or something? No, 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 no. It was literally <laughs> a pug against random people. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding. I have no idea why I brought Knox's <laughs> um, name into this. Yeah, I was Catching like, where strays? did this come from? <laughs> yeah. Casual, casual strays. Um, yeah. I think. So, so for me, like anything, anything past that face level that, uh, that he brings is just a massive bonus to this team. And I think he definitely played above the level that, uh, like the base level that we could have expected from him. So considering this is his first like tier one appearance in a tournament, I think that if he's showing, if he's showing that sort of ability already, it's just only going to really get better as he gets more experience over time. Because the way he plays is not, it's not like teams will be able to adapt and suddenly start shutting him down. It's just that he's very consistent in the in what he's able to put up. So he's just adds more explosive firepower as an opera to this team. And that's really all they needed in the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think especially on CT side, he's only going to get scarier when they move to LAN because obviously the the whole like peaker's advantage thing plays into effect. He can, he can react to you being on his screen really quickly, like almost <laughs> unparalleled speed, right? And so if that's happening online, like it's going to be even more, I would argue, I would speculate it's even more consistent on LAN. The thing for me about the Monacy move uh, and the fact that Alexi B is now in charge kind of, I would draw a parallel to the phase with ROPS now because like Note made that point earlier that, you know, Kerrigan is now free to call similar or completely different strats, but they have way more opportunities with ROPS on the roster. I feel like the same thing is definitely true for Monacy uh, just because like on the G2 camp, you now, you have Nico, you have Hunter, and you can obviously just rely on this Monacy kid to, to fire off whenever you need to on like the other side of the map on a CT side hold, or, you know, I haven't, I haven't watched too many of their T sides admittedly, but you know, I assume his rating is based on his rating. He must be doing work on both sides, uh, at least consistently, even if it's not simple S numbers, like everybody wanted you to believe he would have. Uh, so mm-hmm. the, the big takeaway here is that if we, if you guys recall back to the previous episode of this, we speculated that actually Monacy, you know, he's got a huge amount of pressure riding on him. And so the question is like, as long as the team finds success, doesn't really matter what numbers he gets. Hopefully he doesn't have that in his head that he needs to put up simple numbers because he's got Nico on his team who can do almost simple numbers anyway. So yeah, I think this team's future is very, very bright and Carlos may have actually done it. He may have actually got a, an award winning major winning roster. Depends on uh, how soon PGL Antwerp comes around. I think eventually they'll go through like more growing pains with Monacy at like some point, like some kind of like wall where like maybe Monacy struggles a bit because he just like, 16 like Zaiwu was how old Zaiwu was a rookie like 18 right because he waited a bit and also Zaiwu was just kind of like a completely different personality and player and simple like came out of the gate like you know 2013 2014 owning but obviously he had his own growing pains in terms of personality especially mm-hmm. um so I, I think there'll be like a couple of rough events maybe there'll be like some kind of like rough stage of like dealing with Monacy and like how he's integrating into the team I think overall it'd be fine um 16 is a rookie they'll They'll give him like a long leash to kind of like find himself as a player, um, especially against these good teams. And he's already shown like like what he's capable of. I think um, not like consistently or anything, but I I did like what I I did like what I saw out of out of Monacy at this event already. I I want to shift this conversation a little bit to another aspect though. The other the other move for G two was that they picked up Alexi B. I think their T sides might have got worse. I actually don't think that the T sides I saw at this event looked that convincing. In fact, I thought they looked. 
kind of uninspired, especially on Inferno when they played against Vitality. Some of the way, like some of the ways Alexi B likes to call is just like, oh, we have the. It's almost like when Alexi B likes on, and I think Alexi B has to break this mentally uh, because when he was on OG, if they got map control. I felt like he wanted to just exact. He's just like, let's not go back. Let's not always go back. Or if we go back, we're just going to take everybody with us. And so I think Alexi B kind of has a weird and maybe bad IGL habit of just calling for the set piece to come out a little too early when you have players like Monacy and Nico who can work for a little longer in the round. Like You don't have to worry. I, I think if I had a message to Lexi B, you don't have to worry about calling the strat so quickly after you get map control because back when you ha had Issa and NBK and like, you know, the old OG lineup, you probably felt like, shit, if we don't call this strat now, like now that we have map control, bad shit will happen because the other team mm -hmm. is going to respond and kill us. And I think that right now his players are so good that if you have map control, sometimes just let the let the round kind of marinate a little bit. Let's see if you can like find any way to impose, like impo have an individual impose themselves a little bit more. Because even if you... Like, even if it's Monacy or Nico or Hunter getting challenged in a mid-late round situation, they're probably going to come out on top a lot of the time. And I think that he needs to just be just be slower. Like, let, let the opponents make more mistakes. Because I noticed when they were against Vitality, they would get banana control, and then they would just exec B. And it's like, yo, you still have a minute to go. You don't need to do this so quickly. So slow things down and just, just let your teammates, who are very freaking good, like, let them just chill in this new advanced spot that you took for them with map control so i want to see him break that like that's just yeah that's my biggest crack yeah. with him yeah it's just a tough habit to break i assume because obviously this is his first time like actually calling for a team with like this yeah. caliber of players yeah so obviously og and fucking ents before that which obviously also wasn't like the star studded lineup or anything so it's just something he'll hopefully get used to and it's hopefully i i would assume he's like thinking about how he has to call differently with these types of players and like what things are actually going to work better with them compared to you know what he's been doing before, and so I'm not really too worried about that. Just as long as Alexi B and Xtaz are like working well together, and you know they're focusing on these things and they're focusing on how Alexi B needs to change his calling and maybe even which kind of comes with just maybe just calling less on a team like this, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of letting like you said, just letting the rounds kind of play themselves out a bit more. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty big point to make that he's going to be having his own sort of carryovers, his holdovers from the OG lineup. Um, and the, obviously the comparison between roster strength is pretty profound. You can say that there's a huge difference, a huge gap. The question for me is like, how long can G2 survive that particular aspect of their T sides? Because it's so out of the meta when you think about it, when you think about execing it with a minute left, like the whole meta has been bleed the CTs for everything they have because the economy is in the current state that it is. So, you know, play it slow, poke for extremities, hopefully get a kill before all the utilities have even been thrown. So some of that's immediately wasted, you know, stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, I still have perhaps irrational faith that Alexa B can change up his system because I do think there was a pretty big difference between what he was doing with Ents and what he did with OG. And even if it was a difference in a negative direction, perhaps based on their results, it was also a very different lineup. So I think this will, I'm not necessarily expecting him to completely reinvent his style, but at the very least, like making the alterations that my snake suggests, I don't think that's a beyond him. Uh, the question is whether or not like he's even made this uh, observation or if he agrees or whatever. Right. So something I, to I don't uh, think it's ask him. 
I don't think it's a rational faith. I think between Alexa B, Nico, and Xtaz, one of those three yeah. is definitely going to pick up on this, and the adaption is going to be made. It'll just probably take like a little bit longer, maybe. All right, bye, Molly. But yeah, Molly's out. Cool. Um, sick. I like how I am now Molly Snake. Uh, this is now my my podcast. Um, <laughs> okay, perfect. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, I think that between those three that one of those three will definitely pick up on it x has most likely so in terms of being able to uh actually call that out and and be able to tell the players that they have to change this so i would expect that it won't take too long maybe one tournament especially if they go out too early in katowice or something then they'll definitely adapt to that pretty easily I assume Alexi, like I assume Alexi is pretty strong-minded in terms of his calling and kind of doing what he wants to do. But also, that doesn't mean he's like close-minded or anything. I assume so. Yeah, exactly. He'll be open-minded, especially like, especially like it's especially different. It's not just like he's going from like a similar team that just like wants to play a completely different way. It's like you're going to like having Nico holding your extremities, like Danish Nico, to having mm-hmm. fucking Nico holding your extremities. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like yeah. it's a completely different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, I'm gonna assume you guys covered that. that yeah, mm-hmm. pretty well. All good. Okay, no, no problem. Thanks, 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 guys. That's why we. That's why we have as many people as we do on this. Uh, okay, I think I think we covered. Okay, so I'll just, I'll just throw out a, a general feeler. Like, do you guys want to talk about any other teams? I'm I'm good with all the teams at Blast. I think we can move forward. But yep, if there's anyone that's on the tip of your tongue, I think I think like what's your MIBR point? Of- Mixed. No, I was gonna say. <laughs> I think it's a, I was gonna say Astralis. Like, there's not much to talk about it. them. I think we're pretty much all on the same page still on that. It's just like I still yeah. just think that eventually you have to cut Lucky and get like an actual fucking opera. And dude, I, 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 uh, I still wouldn't cut Zipnix yet. I still uh, would just get an opera first. Yeah. Right? Just get an opera. Just let the roles actually not be terrible in the in your team. Yeah, like, actually, like actually have something that fucking makes sense. Um, and then if Zipnix is still washed, like you know three months after that and you know your opera's performing well then you know maybe then it's time to, to look to look somewhere, somewhere else but it's like at the moment i feel like the only direct easy upgrade you would have for zitnix that would make sense is like shush from heroic and besides mm, that I, yeah, I don't really see yeah. anyone else where it's worth like just just replacing them like one one for one right now okay i think ugh, dude i i think the role overlap with blame f and zitnix and then even yep. Lucky on how he wants to play two yeah. side rounds is too much. I noticed Lucky started running in more though at this event. I noticed he started going oh, that in. Is a, good, a good one too. I I, I always forget Valde's yeah. Danish. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, Valde Valde would be good. Um, but yeah, like a just sim- a simple farlig a- angle would be better. You know, even uh, oh god, I'm forgetting his name because he's faded into irrelevancy. Who's the guy from Copenhagen Flame? <laughs> <laughs> Which, one? You, Which one? Which one? The guy Opera, the Opera on Copenhagen Flames. That Nico Odas. Nico Dos? Nico Dos. Nico Dos, yeah. <laughs> that guy. He looked really good at the major. Um, so he could be he I don't even know if he I don't even know if he's that good, honestly. I've only seen him play at the major pretty much. So I can't, as far as I can't I'm actually, concerned, that's I'll say Farley's better they than played. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I I'll just say, I I literally think like just get Farley. I don't know if he's gonna be amazing or anything, but he's gonna be like an opera, you know, like yeah. he's gonna op. That's that's all I want at the moment. <laughs> he's gonna op. Like Glaive won't won't consider taking the gun away from him. Is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like that's like that's like where the bar is for me at the moment. This is okay. Here's my hot take on Astralis: is that Glaive is currently the best and most impactful player for them. That's that's basically my hottest take. It's not right. even that 
not even including his in-game leading, I think he's actually just straight up doing the the best thing for the team almost all the time, and not everybody else has their has the team's best interests in mind. So, dude, this guy's like holding W. This guy's opping. This guy's calling. Like, yeah, he's, he's he does doing it. What he can <laughs> he does he he does the most. He does the most, man. Okay. Astro loss. Astra. <laughs> Astra is Astra. lost. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's okay, let's do the. Actually, I want to talk about the format. We talked about the format oh, yeah. last time. Yep. We kind Bullshit. of. Yeah, I don't. I don't think That's, this was. I think this was a bit of an L from from I, last. A rare L. I, how dare Navi still qualify after losing to Mibber? Like I, towards the end, I stopped paying as much attention. Like I yeah. saw, like there was like the round two day where like NIP played Navi and Astralis played big, and then like two days later, I went and checked HLTV and I saw like the exact same matchups. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, what? Like what is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, this is this is. I, and I just didn't care at that point. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was just, I, I didn't really bother to like watch the the same exact matchups to, uh, for for a second time and for two days. I think it. Uh, people would play each other up to three times. Was, was what's yes, the most? Theoretically, I, I think the I most. Think, yeah. I think the yes. most they could have played each other was three times, right? In this, so yeah. What were you gonna say, Note? Uh, I mean, I was just gonna say. Firstly, the best of one format was pretty dog shit. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um. Mm-hmm. None of the matches really felt like they mm-hmm. had stakes to them. It like, didn't matter. Out, None of yeah, it even even mattered. going out last in your group meant nothing until you reached the second stage. Navi so came it, out last in their group and they still qualified for the finals. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. And even on top of that, I think like OG won th- their first three matches in their group, but they. Where were they going with this? No, no, no. I'm, t- I'm totally trolling. Never mind. Ignore that point. But the, the thing that bugged me was that you uh when you played the the gauntlet bracket or whatever you could still even if you lost your last match in the gauntlet bracket you could still play the same team that you just played in round two in the last chance bracket and that made no sense like at the very least if you're gonna run this sort of format scramble the teams in the yeah nit navi played again they just played they they played they got to play a rematch uh it could have been G two. No, no, no. It couldn't have been. No. Yeah, yeah. Big and Astralis. Yeah, yeah. That just happened. That happened again. Yeah. That's. Oh, yeah. yeah. And even just lot. in best of ones, Big had to go up against, or no, Phase had to go up against Vitality twice, for example. So like, I mean, that's the best of one, so it's over quicker. But still, like, come on. Yeah. Okay. I'll say this: if they were to correct some things, I, I really think that the uh, the groups. I, I think this what they tried basically making the group stage the same as what they did with last se- last year's group stages in the you know the fall uh, the fall groups spring groups but they but what they did is that or this this feels kind of weird to me is that in the in the groups back then if you went through the upper bracket if you won your first two bo3s you would be qualified for the spring group spring finals or the fall finals but now you can win both of your kind of upper bracket games you can get you can get to the finals and this is basically what happened to vitality in my eyes basically and then they lost to phase and it just just moved them lower in this gauntlet thing and it almost feels like Shouldn't you be reward? I almost feel like you should just take out the the grand final of every group, actually. Yeah, because yeah, that, that that game was like pointless to me. It feels yeah, it feels really pointless, and it feels like there's no there's usually a reward for making it through a winner's bracket without going to the losers, and there's no reward here for doing that. Maybe maybe they gave veto. I'd have to guess. I'd hope you know just for benefit of the doubt, I I would say that they gave a veto advantage, but there's no reason that you should be playing 
for a grand final when you already beat like vitality shouldn't have to play phase again after they beat phase in a bo1 because now you're putting them in through another bo1 high variance matchup to get seeding like just it just just end it just cut it off no 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 final game of these groups please so so this is actually the point i was trying to make earlier uh Navi lost both their group matches. Then they won one gauntlet match, lost one, and won the last chance. So they went yeah. two for two in wins oh, and yeah. losses mm-hmm. and still qualified. OG needed to win four matches to qualify as the first place team from their group <laughs> and from the gauntlet won, You're right. They won more Tell me how matches. this makes sense. They won more matches and they're in the same position. That's so... Oh. Tell me how this makes sense. That was yeah. the point I was trying to make this earlier. Is just, actually this is just no sense. overcomplicating shit so much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the look of this, I will say. Um, I never I, see it again. I hope I hope they rethink things. I hope they rethink things. I didn't like this very much. I'll be honest. Okay, I think we can move off the blast format. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay. So we there's a couple upcoming events, and we will let's look into those and let's kind of give our our loose predictions. So we might. I think I think there's a solid chance we'll do another show before Katowice gets rolling yeah that i mean that thing ends in 20 days so yeah we'll we'll do another we'll do another one but let's at least do the esl challenger event coming up okay so we got this ahead of us we got eight teams there we got furia vp movistar dignitas heat which is former double pony complexity 9z and order do you guys think this is where complexity get their shit together uh the groups are not released yet so we don't know who or at least i unless it's somewhere that i'm not looking that we don't know who's playing whomst whom whom we don't know who is playing whom instead of who i say whom says ironically and i it's now just <laughs> entered my lexicon <laughs> but um we don't know who is playing whom uh but do you think i think complexity is making it out of groups Fucking hope i would so. say they make it out of groups what if their group though what if their group is vp movistar and sure, yeah. <laughs> and, no, Fur- furia won't be in the same group as vp so i'm making it slightly realistic here True. yeah VP, Movistar, um, Heat, Complexity. Do they make it top two in that? Are the invited so, teams even able to be in the same group? Or? This is what I, I was about to two. ask. Like, it be two and two, I think. Okay. It does, right? It has to be two and two. Yeah, it has. Yeah. To, it should be two and two. Yeah. Um, I, I think Complexity make it out of their group as long as Virtus Pro is not in the same group. Okay, that's a... that. that yeah, I mean, hmm. once you'd get VP in, in your group, you just know that there's only room for one more team. <laughs> So, so that's the thing is I'm, I'm looking actually, at the other teams here and I see so obviously Heat is the only team of the qualified teams that I think could actually seriously give complexity a run for their money but it also depends on how many games they have to play um where it's like is it a double round robin or just a single I don't know it's a it's going to it's it's GSL it's GSL okay. it's BO, BO1 openers and then mm. it's opener winners BO1s and then it's going to be elimination deciders or BO3s Okay, well, that changes things a little bit. I still think that the only team that is from a qualifier that complexity would topple to topple over to would be Heat, and that's even still contentious. I, I think Heat are actually, you know, a fairly legit tier two team. Um, the question is like, 
who would they be able to, would they be able to also defeat one of the invited teams? I don't really know why I, Movistar writers got invited personally. Um, I, I mean, I don't know the, the background. This is just a, this, from the world this is basically ranking. teams that didn't get to Katowice, but then some reason VP and Fury are there. I don't, okay. I don't know why. Well, don't know all right. Well, whatever the reason. Place. Well, Furia definitely needs to play something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I, I actually think complexity could beat any of the three invited teams that aren't VP. So I think they could beat Movie Star for yeah. uh, okay. or Dignitas. That's why I was saying I think yeah. if VP's in their group, then they could have some trouble. But with any of the other teams, then they have a pretty decent shot at making it out. I'm not sure about uh, the Furia comparison because I th- I do think Furia yeah. ought to beat this team. The question is just based on recent form. Um, Furia also are still a bit unknown, right? So like that's also yeah, a question. They got, they got fucking shit on. They yeah. lost yeah. the Whistler Krakow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean, it, it depends on what you think is going on in that camp. Uh, the HLTV interview with one of the Fury players recently mentioned that safe. Yeah, I think. yeah, uh-huh. it was like yeah. he was saying the we uh, we built this lineup so that we can win trophies. Well, this would be one to to you know if you don't get out of groups here, that's pretty bad, obviously. So. Yeah, like, I could I could you know I could see one of these teams taking down VP in a final. You know, it's not really. Online. I mean, like yeah, I, I mean, I mean, any I mean, anything can kind of happen online. I. I'm, I could see I would, Fury having a good day and taking them down. Or the one check on Alex. You just said VP could lose. No, like is he okay? they could lose in a Bo One opener. That's about it to me. No. For me, they, I, don't know. I, I guess see, if not, I could see can. a Furia. A Furia starts clicking. I can. I can see Furia having a yeah. good day with this with this group of players and taking down VP in a Bo Three, uh, especially online. I, Dude, I, I feel like how they looked, I, how they looked against Wizla. I don't. Yeah, just like you guys don't see fucking MIBR taking. Oh them my out. god, exactly. he's gonna hold this over us for the rest of the. Well, like I said, anything uh, can ever happen. I think, you just gotta believe. I think Maui Snake is uh, pending a desync again. What a what a no, position really to freeze in. That's an amazing pose to freeze in. Actually, <laughs> that's a screen capable pose right yeah, there. there that's the, that's going I'm in grabbing, the thumbnail. I'm, I'm grabbing oh, a screenshot yeah. of that. Oh no! That's I got. I, I had an ugly lag. Did I have an ugly? No, it's perfect. You were lagging. It was great. It's it was pretty perfect. great. This is. I saw it. I saw it lagging. I saw it lagging, and I was like, "No." That's supposed to be frozen. So I. So I just couldn't. I don't know. I don't it, know. It, it somehow turned out perfect. Yeah, it was actually. It, oh, wasn't that? Is, it's, it's not that bad. There's an episode of Friends where it I forget be, which which yeah. guy on Friends is. They're trying to. They're trying to take like an ugly picture of him. He's so photogenic that they surprise him while he's like trying to eat a uh, nacho chip or something, and they think they're going to get him with like, uh, and instead he's just like. And then <laughs> in the photos. I can't believe Kronogo, you didn't strike me as a guy that watched Friends. I, that's probably one yeah. of the only episodes I've seen, and it's just because my mom watched it when I was a kid. So. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. There we that's go. I feel like we should have all like mirrored his pose yeah. for the thumbnail <laughs> when he was frozen. <laughs> nice, nice. The only thing that would have changed this or made it better is if I flexed. I had to be. I should have yeah. flexed my my muscles. But um, okay. I think we. Mm, let's do this. Let's just do that. Let's just do this for. Who do we think is actually coming in second at this event? Do you guys think it's complexity? Mm. That's I'm so hard to say star. without seeing the groups. Yeah. I my guess is movie star. Movie star just seemed like such a solid, like known quantity that they're just not gonna lose to teams that are worse than them. Like almost ever. They they play also I'm going to be real. Movistar plays some of the most boring Counter-Strike out there. It's just so standard. It's just so like, like I don't get excited about any, it, like it's basically like, oh, is, um, is Sun Payas going to find an opening kill? No. Okay. So is Mopaz going to get two kills in a situation where he had to be a little bit more aggressive? Cause 
that he realized something needed to get done. Wait, that didn't happen. Well, well, they're just playing out a basic round now. Like that's that's like the most excited I can get about Movistar. And people say VP is boring for their style. Like I think their style is so unique and cool and interesting because nobody else does it. And you never know what you're getting round to round. But with Movistar, I know what's going to happen every round. Like no exceptions. It's it's over. Yeah. It's kind of Dignitas as well. Or yeah. At least how they used to be. At least Dignitas have name value. So like when people do cool things, it's like, hey, that's Forest. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's just gonna hit like dreamhack valencia 2015 levels and carry dignitas to second place over here amazing really. yeah dignitas um, is literally always interesting to watch because like forest is there like you said it's like I can, yeah I can, I can get down with this like this is great <laughs> yeah i could just watch it i could just have it on. you know what would you know, be better great. for movistar writers is if they had some disconnecting british player then you'd never know what's gonna happen just saying wow I know who that is. We we know. Who that. That is. Uh, <laughs> I would say complexity come in second here. Actually, I will take them to. I will take them to come in second. I'm gonna do complexity. I'm gonna do complexity. Make it top four, but then they lose to Heat in the quarterfinal. No wait, that would mean that would mean Heat came first in their group. No, that's not possible. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna lose to. They're gonna lose to whoever came in first in the other side of the group because complexity are gonna come in second place in their group. And then they're gonna they're gonna lose in the quarterfinal game. Yep, that's my that's semifinal. My semifinal. Yeah, you're right. Semifinal game. Okay, get it right. Get it right. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. I think that's we're, we'll do another. We'll do a pod before Katowice. I'm I'm almost sure, sure of it. But but if mm, no, we'll do a we'll do a pod. We'll do a pod before this. Well, I mean, seven days from now is the day before the play-in starts. Or we yeah. can do one between the play-in and the main stage too. Let's do, yeah. Let's do. Uh, let's. Okay. How about this? How about this? Um, we got play-in teams. Oh God, there's so many. Do we have yep. to pick half? Do we have to pick half to be like who makes it through the play-in? Yes. Yes. Correct. Eight of them make it through. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that is that that's for another day? That's for another yeah, show. That's a, that's, yeah, we'll absolutely. Do an, we'll do, an, we'll do another show. That that's too much. That's just too much. And we'll get it. We'll get it, guys. So don't don't worry about that. Um and we'll also probably recap whatever happens in the challenger. This plane is gonna be a fucking it's massacre. a nightmare. It's a nightmare, yeah. dude. <laughs> There's gonna be some teams. Big's not gonna make it. <laughs> Big's not make it. I love Big. Not not, it. Something, something bad's gonna happen to Big. I just smell it. I just smell it. And I and I'm rooting for Big so it's because I'm rooting for Big so hard that I'm just saying this now. I'm just worried. I'm just worried for them. That's it. Um Okay, let's get into questions though. Let's get into Patreon 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 questions. No, wait, question of the week first. Question of the week, then Patreon questions. Okay. Is that how we normally do it? Is that the order? That's the order. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I think so. I think okay. Yeah, question Question of the week. Question of the week is is when like what is the criteria or when should an IGL or should they ever should an IGL ever win an MVP award and second part to this question when should we give a coach or can we even tell if we should give a coach a lot of credit for a tournament victory mix Mr. Coach Mr. Also looking for GM positions Mr. Yeah, I'm looking for a lot of things and also not looking for a lot of things. Um, okay, well, all right. I feel like writing I feel like, like a Tinder bio. I'm, lo- I'm, looking for, <laughs> I'm looking to expand my paradigms. Or looking for else, GF. Said. Yeah. L- L4 looking GF. to expand my spirituality through esports. Um, looking for GF to go to when we I mean, were young festival with. There is, there is like a, um, 
I mean, some is kind of example of an IGL winning the MVP sure. award because let's be honest, MSL, <laughs> like you said, it had is. like a 1.06 rating at that event, and part yeah, of the reason I know, they got so it because people were like, because people were like, holy shit, MSL is like a genius against Astralis. Yeah, um, I do feel like that was like kind of so. I don't know. It's weird because like there has to be like a really strong narrative that almost kind of kind of builds up just like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like with a coach, you'd have to have like someone like a player like early in the event be like dude our coach is anti-strats we're so fucking nuts like yeah he's just, he's just one of the game for us and then like everyone just keeps talking about it for the entire event and like people just keep noticing like anti-strats or something and people are just like it just becomes like a fucking like fanatic or something like i yeah. but i just can't really see that ever actually happening um yeah yeah okay. like with an igl it has to be like it has to be someone that like kind of has a reputation that has to be like a kerrigan or something that has like a good event and then maybe they're just scraping by these wins against teams that are better than them i don't know it's hard to say like with msl it was like this like weird narrative where like he was opting for the first time and performing like a lot better than he usually does and he was specifically like beating astralis like he's like a lot of his good matches were coming specifically against astralis and there was like this whole narrative that got built up so uh yeah Okay. What gets okay. me about the coach angle is that you would basically—I don't think it could ever actually be given to the coach by like the MV, the tournament, or by HLTV. It would have to be like you know the player receives it and then he's like, "Really, I'd be nothing without my coach." So I'm giving it to him as like a ceremonial gesture because there's no way that we can say that the coach had a disp- like more of an impact and to the point where he was the most valuable source of impact on the team in the game. Uh, more so than all of the players, I think. That's probably the biggest stumbling block that you'd get for that. As far as IGLs go, I feel like they would need to all... I mean, by conventional standards, they would need to also be fraggers, probably. But the question really comes out to, like, how much can we know about their comms and their calls and their uh, mid-round reads and stuff? How much can we, as the the general per- like person just watching it, how how easily can we tap into that because otherwise you're going to have a real tough sell making it feel like it was deserved unless he also popped off statistically uh so and, and i mean like the msl example goes, it also has to be to like it also has to be like a situation where like his teammates aren't really like fragging yeah like, most events like it's like one of those like weird like like you're consistently having like one of those weird series where like no one on the team is actually like standing out in terms mm-hmm. of like how they're performing you know everyone's just like super average but you're somehow just like winning all these like close games it have to be something along those lines i think because generally if like even if like you're performing well as an igl and people are giving you a lot of credit if someone on the team has like a 1.20 rating they're just going to get the mvp pretty much every time and it's hard to argue against it yeah i think it's really hard to award someone like a coach the mvp for one a because they're not actually a player on the server and it's always going to be really hard to measure that impact especially if you can't like actually listen in on the comms at all or get a sense of what that is as someone as like trying to award that mvp without being part of the tournament because at least if you're working the tournament you can be in production and hear what some of the comms are like and sort of get that measure in terms of awarding an mvp from the outside it becomes so hard to actually gauge that without being able to hear any of that information so i think both in terms of awarding the igl and awarding the coach an mvp they're both pretty difficult to do if there's not a same or or elevated level of performance on the server uh, simultaneously, unless of course you are uh, Hundun or Zoner and yeah. or uh, Eye in the Sky, etc. Eye in the Sky, uh, I radar from Sky. Yes, radar from Sky. <laughs> uh, okay, 
Yeah, that would yeah. be the only only cases. But yeah, I think usually it's going to end up going to a player regardless. Um, unless, I guess, as you were saying, maybe if there's some form of interview that comes out that specifically gives all of the credit to a coach or something like that in a win, mm-hmm. then maybe. But a lot of the time, MVPs are decided relatively quick after one of the big tournament ends, so there wouldn't really be time for that. Yeah. I would I would probably say that even even when players give a lot of credit to their coaches, they still find ways to under people like the general public find ways to undervalue certain coaches that just don't have big names like Groove, for example. Sure. I feel like that dude still does not get any credit or um, the the coach of VP Daston. Like no one says anything about this guy <laughs> at all. Has anybody mentioned this guy on a desk or anything ever? I don't think so. Like you're the first. Coaching esports is so fickle. Like, cause like in real sports, like you obviously have total control. A lot of times you're like yeah. calling to play. So it's like, you're the coach. So you get credit for like all the wins. And then like in East and like in counter strike, it's like, you're like guessing like, Oh, like yeah. maybe like you, like people are just based their decisions based off like nothing almost it's like yeah this guy's a great coach because he wins a lot and there's like another coach that, like wins a lot and it's like well you know he's just he just has good players you know he's not he's not that sick and it's like yeah yeah what's, what's the difference actually like it's i don't know it's a bit weird it it almost feels like for for these any of these conversations to be taken seriously about how good a coach or igl is you almost need like not star players essentially like basically i think one of the reasons astralis gets such a got such a good rep in Glaive and Zonic in particular was because even though all, and this is wrong to believe this, that, that Astralis's players weren't world-class caliber player, like top, top five, etc. Like it's almost like Majisk was one of the best anchors in the world. Dupree was one of the best aggressive riflers in the world, but they never reached that level. That was Nico Zaiwu uh simple so it kind of makes it easier to be like yeah they must be a really good caller or really good coach because the frag distribution was just very even um yeah because their teamwork was so good so that's kind of a thing with with heroic to me where i think that actually you probably i i don't actually i don't i don't rate katie in that highly as a player but i think he he probably is a pretty damn good igl for them to put some of this together yep and then also like with coaches um and I had a fucking point, and I've like completely lost it in my head. Just in yeah. those, well, just within those two seconds. All right, no. I go. had one that I that I forgot about too. Um, <laughs> the only other element I could see that coaches uh, getting an MVP would be is if they could still IGL on the server as well. Oh like yeah, they, they yeah. could back in the day. Oh, that true. would be a scenario where I could possibly see them sort of getting it just based on the actual uh, overall level of play on the server and them being able to call that. But that's obviously. Definitely not going to be allowed now, considering they can't even say nice at a major anymore. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you guys I, remember the phase at the major, and Inner Shine was like screaming, running towards all of his players after every 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 W. That was a good time. Too bad we'll never see that again. <laughs> no touchy. Uh, I was gonna say, um, I wish we knew like more about like what coaches control their rosters and like what rosters are maybe just controlled by a GM above them or just things like that. Because, I mean, as a coach or like as a GM, like one of the most valuable things is like actually putting together a good roster and getting good players. Like if you're the coach and you're controlling the roster, just because like you picked up like a couple star players that are insane and they're just like the reason your team's good. Well, you still get credit for that. Cause you're still the one that picked them up, even if it was like an obvious move. Right. So 
I just I wish there was like more transparency overall about who is controlling like most of these yeah. rosters. Like it'd be that would, that would make these decisions easier for yeah. like deciding who's great and not. Yeah. Okay. Um so we did we did miss one thing and this is why chat is sometimes useful. Um not saying that oh, yeah, the major. sarcastically or ironically. Um <laughs> Like actually, I actually have I have mostly enjoyed our chat. Actually, almost every episode that we've been running the show live uh, is that we yeah we didn't talk about the Antwerp major coming up that it's by PGL again. Um, t- t- so I think the controversy here is that PGL had some difficulties uh, with running the last major, and saying some is even probably an understatement. But it's like they can't they can't be as bad. They can, they can only they hire. They, can, listen, oh, they actually put a job posting out for audio engineers. So there's no, problem. they did not. Yeah, they, they did. They did. It's no on their website. No. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. That's still well, that's still a joke. Major, that makes me laugh every safe. time. <laughs> yeah. The that's, world's that's first plus. deaf audio engineer. <laughs> that was the best copy pasta of that major. By if you guys, far. if you guys really want to laugh, you can go into the Reddit thread about P- anything related to PGL. I specifically yeah. the one that was talking about the, this job posting and. There, I need, there I need were, someone to chat to post that. There were some f- real funny comments where they were like, that copy pasta showed up, and then the replies were like, oh my god, how do you do it? Do you listen to the vibrations? You feel the vibrations? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh guys, god. you can't seriously believe that's real. Oh, no. man, they did. No. They did. No, they did. They did. Uh, what do, do you guys have any, you, you NA folk, have any opinion on Antwerp or Belgium as the location? I hear they make good waffles, but those have carbs, so skipping this major. Uh, all I know about Belgium is they have a pretty good race track there. And okay, that's, well, that's about it. Both very Counter Strike relevant points. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Do you know anything about? Also, about Scream is from there. Belgium. Uh, I have no idea about Belgium, but I think apparently it's a very good central location for Europe. So I mean, it, is, it should be good for travel. Yeah. It's so convenient for me now that I'm in London. It's so easy for me to get there. I think I actually just take a train for a couple hours or something like that. It's amazing. It's actually I I can map this right now. But um I I think that for for the PGL side like they just simply oh I lied. It's actually oh that's because I'm be leaving now, which is so late. So it would, I'd have delays and stuff. But I think I think I looked it up before and it was like three hours or something for me. Yeah, but um makes sense. Yeah, so it's super easy for me. Uh, this makes me feel like I'm almost surely going to go and I'd say this like I'm not saying this is like talent even necessarily like sure, I mean yeah. obviously I'd want to but it's more like I would just go I'm just nice I'm going to be there I'm going to be there no one matter what another. I'm yeah. one way or another I'm going to this you know that's basically how I feel about it you know what that's, would be uh, really when uh good oh, no, you can go ahead. I was just going well, to say all right you do it <laughs> I'm out. see you guys GG all right peace I guys say, I was going to say this is how I felt when I was at United at ESL New York 2019 and they wouldn't send me to New York, I was like, well, I'm going to go I'm going. by myself and I'm just going to go steal one of your passes and then I'm going to go backstage. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what's Prodogo's point? <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, when it comes to... I think I lost my point, actually. Fuck. Oh, my God. Everybody's just getting... This is what happens when we approach the two-hour mark. Everybody no, it's what just... happens when I literally walk off the camera, but that was just for a bit, and then I actually <laughs> did forget what I was going to say. We were talking yeah. about Antwerp, uh, Belgium, yeah. uh, friends, traveling, going. Alex, yeah. the talent member. Um, <laughs> no, Alex, no. definitely oh, not. That's, that's, yeah, thank you, no. That's exactly oh, what I was going to say. Yeah, so what I was going to say, this could be a real nice way to revive the rep- the reputation of PGL because this was obviously a two package deal like the 
what people are saying behind the scenes is that this is long ago agreed that like PGL will get two majors back to back. And so it's not like Valver, like great job with this major. They were like, there was a major. Oh yeah. 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 Ma- that major thing for that CSGO thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah you can have two of them. So that was basically that's how the deal <laughs> went. I'm pretty sure that's this like is verbatim. Yeah. This Wait, is where, a... where did you read that? Did I miss that somewhere? No, that's what people are saying in general on talk shows is that like the Thorns and Richard Lewis's of the world are saying like, you know, the PGL most likely got a double decker deal where they got both majors back to back when they were originally negotiating. Right. And so if that is true, then you can't really lay the blame of I would say, like, maybe don't have the same T.O. back to back ahead of time, maybe vet them or maybe actually respond to the first one before you decide to say, because there's a lot of community ill will towards PGL after right, their, their handling right. for the production. This could be a nice way to revise that though, because if this major PGL, so they had their throwback major, the last one, if this major is now like, here's all the talent from the online era, Scronder, you know, Scronders, right? Laundry, laundry, whatever his name is. And then you get Harry and Hugo and you know, you get all those people at Maui snake, even, you know, sneak, sneak, uh, some people up there. That could be cool. That could be like, Oh, wow. now we're getting like the, the new blood, right? The old, the old dogs and the new blood sort of back to back. That could be something that I think the community would be pretty happy about. Uh, and it shouldn't necessarily even be done to appease the community specifically, but it's more like, you know, these are deserving talent. They didn't, they missed out on the previous major. Now we can have the whole thing. So. Okay. Laundry. Let's, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of interested. Um, I'm not going to comment too much on this, but w- what would you guys want for for talent in terms of like? Don't say you don't want somebody, but who do you you guys who would you guys want to see? Um, would you guys want to see shocks? Like people are talking about her. I do. I okay, shocks be... would be good. I'd like to see Freya as well. If they're gonna, I'd like to see them do two hosts, honestly, and yeah. have Freya and shocks yeah. because doing one host and having yeah, the sort yeah. of days that talent had before was. A little bit much um so i think two hosts would also help change up the broadcast a little bit and freya definitely deserves the opportunity with the amount of i think she has really extensive knowledge in terms of and the way she actually holds desk down is she's fantastic at it Mm -hmm. um so i think those two would be really good as as hosts that sort of rotate uh, obviously, I think Maniac needs to be on the analyst desk, hands sure. down. There's no way that an analyst desk should not have him at this point. Um, I think, aside from that, it'd be cool to see you there, obviously. Um, Thank you. And a little Thanks. shout out to, to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> to Pernogo. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah, I think Pernogo's the audio engineer. See, like, some of the, some of, like, the fresher caster duos, like, Lohander, Scrawny, Hugo, yeah, Harry. Of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Baby Dinko and Haka. Uh, if they want to give oh, a nice wow. rub to to someone even newer, um, but yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. Well, we cool. went we went we went like in the complete opposite direction for the last major, like total retro, which I can respect. I don't have a problem with it or anything. But it's yeah. it'd be nice to kind of go the other direction, kind of give like someone like really fresh, like like Dinko and Haka, like you know that that kind of like spotlight. I feel mm. like Dinko and Haka wouldn't get it over like Sponge and Machine though. That that was well, the only caveat I was gonna say is that like that's a hard yeah, deal to leave yeah. out. But if well, we're like, if we're going with the identity of like old old blood, new blood, like what Mix was saying, that that could be pretty neat. I think. Or Sponge and Machine at the last one. Yeah. 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 yeah they did the okay, final. Okay. They did the final. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it'd be cool to see that. I'll I'll, I'll comment just on the the point Pernogo made about the PGL duo thing. Or I mean, not the the back to back thing. Like I kind of I think I knew. A, about a couple months ago that pgl was going to get the next major actually um i didn't say that obviously in in public but i i'm pretty sure like this has been known yeah this has been known for a while 
um yeah, I think I think the the it'd be cool to in, involve some new talent. I think like Richard, for example, has kind of already put it out publicly that he's not going to do it. So that's one less person. Um, I don't know if Thorin's. I think Thorin probably wants to do it. Um, so I feel like he would. I feel like he's going to be included in this. Actually, I think I, I can't really speak about some of the older caster duos because I don't really know what the landscape is like necessarily. And even if I did, I wouldn't really want to put that out there. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, if I knew the leaks, I can't. I wouldn't be able to leak. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be leaking. So that's uh, that's that's all I have to say about that. I, everything and everything I've said is factual. That is the talent lineup. Wow! I can't believe Hawka and Dinko are casting the grand finals. That's uh, yes. Pretty cool. That's a pretty. They're casting not just the grand final. They're casting the entire playoffs. I mean, they casted the last LAN. They casted the V four grand finals. So it only makes sense, right? If you're looking at the last land that Hawk and Dinko should just do the next land. Like that's just that's just obvious, actually. Um, okay. In chat is Maui behind Danish leaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my account actually, and I turned it off because I was like, I don't, I can't keep asking Fesser for information anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it's literally all just coming from Fesser. <laughs> no one else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just him. um okay i actually oh yeah someone said stunna i would like to see stunna as a host i feel like Mm -hmm. he got kind of kind of shafted in the last one a little bit not that like i mean i think richard did great but i also think that if they did a double host it should have been stunna as the second host for for my money um Mm -hmm. it could have been like like stunna or freya but i feel like stunna has been really one of the top hosts for me for a while in this space so yeah, that's uh, that's our, my take on it. Let's get into Patreon questions, though. Let's get into Patreon cues and wrap this baby up. Um, we'll do also we'll do one. So we're gonna we're changing the sub questions where we're doing just one sub question. We're picking the best one. I think somebody already asked one in chat and it was pretty good. So if you're a sub and you want to get a question in, write that in. But it's just kind of like we just kind of got too many, and it just the Patreon is where we actually just make more money. So that's just. Just, just, just sub to the Patreon if you want to get your questions in. So we have, we have three Patreon questions. If I'm not mistaken, no, we have four. First one, uh, I'm assuming these are in the order you put Correct. them in for now, right? Okay, so, so starting with Bill, we've got: Do we think the idea of an IGL dictating everything will slowly be less and less of a thing? It seems more IGLs are saying the whole team is playing more of a role these days with decision making and whereas in the past this was seen as a team losing faith in the igl these days it seems to happen anywhere thoughts so it's like in between nowadays um, um yeah what do you what, what do you got i was gonna say i was gonna say like i don't think that's like necessarily true like i don't know that, that seems like something that like you always have to have like one stable leader that actually whose vision like you're working towards like you can't just have it be like oh it's like five five hands all fucking in the pot, you know, doing the roll things, because then you just get a mishmash of ideas, and no one's, like, moving in the same direction. So you always need, like, a solid IGL, like, moving in the same direction. I mean, I would say that, like, it's probably pretty rare these days that you have an IGL that's just, like, a dictator that's just, like, completely dictating the entire round the entire time. Maybe, like, how Azus maybe used to do back in the day or something like that. And most of the time nowadays, especially with, like, so many just amazing, like, star players, it just makes sense to... When you have these guys on these extremities or like on their own sites, you're taking more into account like their own ideas and what what they what they want to do and what they like to do. So it's always just about finding. It's it's just different from team to team, really. I don't think it's like a a, a meta change or anything. It's just 
the players that you have, like the style of leadership that you have. But at the end of the day, you're always going to need an IGL that has the majority of say in the team. And that's the direction that you're consistently moving towards. I think that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would agree with that. I don't think there's much to add. Yeah. Um, maybe the only the only thing would be that at a top level you'll have a little bit less of that than you have maybe from teams that are coming up and need a little bit more, bit more micromanaging per player. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, at the, at the top level, there's still always going to be some player that dictates the pace of where where the game is going. So regardless, I don't think it's um, something that's just going to stop being a thing or become less of a thing to mm-hmm. scale. I will say it's that like, depends oh. on your your style of calling to some degree, right? Because if you just have a loose style, then you're basically your dictation is just like, hey, go and do some. It's like you're telling some artist to like do some impressionist painting of whatever that comes to the mind or something, as opposed to saying, no, you got to color in in the lines. So I think that also puts a, <laughs> a you know a different thing yeah, here. Yeah, probably like yeah. the closest thing to that would probably be like Boomich, and even then, I'm not, like I don't really know exactly how Navi's calls work, but. And Boomish is like a rare scenario where he has like simple on his team and he has like Blade as a coach, so it's like already like a lot to handle. Okay. All right, next one, next one. Easy Pete. I think it's a shame what happened to Gade on Big. On an unrelated note, who is just too handsome to not be playing CS at the moment? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I think Gade's already the answer, like for handsome. Uh, there's some handsome players that are still in the game. I guess device. Yeah, who else is it? Yeah, device, I, device, I guess. <laughs> Gade is just a, a work of art, though. Yeah, I think Gade is actually way more handsome than device. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. If I saw a device at a club or a bar, I'd just be like, okay, it's pretty that's decent. <laughs> no, I'd be like, that's a pretty decent looking dude. But then I'd be like, oh, shit, Gade's in the club. I got to hide my girl. Yeah. Like, I gotta, we got to move forward. <laughs> Honey, we got to go to the next club over. We, yeah, we, we got to go. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah. If you saw Device in a bar and Cold Zero walked up to Device in that bar, then you're in trouble. There's, what's, wait, what is the backstory for this Wait, one? you haven't heard? Uh, Cold Zero, didn't yeah, didn't Cold Zero make Device like cry in a bar or something? Yeah, it, was, it was some this club is, environment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounds like a fun like, time. I was looking for the, for the uh, roster shuffle page to see... Um, what other teams have players, but uh, or, yeah, or like what other teams are, or what other players what aren't players? Play right yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to remember sometimes. But uh, uh, I can't find it. So oh well. Yeah, that's. I think. I think Device and Gator probably there. I think. Yeah, because yeah, you're really narrowing opinion. it down when you say handsome and also not playing. So. Yeah, there's not too many yeah. to pick from, right? Yeah, I mean FNX, I guess. I mean. But he's kind yeah, of playing. Back on last dance, I mean, my, yeah, my, he's former teammate, playing. my former teammate HS yeah, is a pretty handsome ESL, guy. ESL, ESL H- ranked 18 team or something. HS, oh my god, that's so <laughs> ridiculous. HS is HS is playing right now. He's on a I forgot what team he's on, but he's on a team. I saw them playing on HL TV or something like that recently. I forgot forgot what team though. Find it. Did you but, guys um, see? The last time he played was in December. What are you talking about? I think I saw them maybe on a Liquipedia page. And I went through like an upcoming tournament. Maybe I don't. I saw. I clicked his name recently on a page that and was you relevant. Saw I saw yeah. something on that page. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I saw. Therefore, page. therefore, HS doesn't count. Get fucked, so, idiot. So Lavadia. So he's on Lavadia. Lavadia. I don't know what this team is playing coming up, but I definitely. I don't know where I saw it. Maybe. 
if are you going to make me click through these pinnacle series like i'm just no. going through, just going <laughs> yeah. through all of them now Next. like no I, he's he's playing something soon I, I know that so hs is hs is around um uh, first sock says where do you place zwu on your top of all time players list for csgo that is a uh, that's gonna that could be a potentially very lengthy discussion, and I almost don't want to just answer that like offhandedly because I think it's safe to say for me he's like top very safe to say, very safe to say top seven all time. But like I don't know where on that he is. I'm thinking of top three. Maybe top you think, two. Really? You really all think, time man? players? No, dude, yeah, he can't be just that fucking good, dude. Here's my I'm case like- against top two is that he hasn't won enough stuff yet like okay i'll say this kenny s has won more he's kenny s has won a major and like six or seven s tier lands on top of that ziwu has won like four land uh, s tier lands so far something like that i just think because it's like simple and ziwu simple and ziwu are the only players to hit that level like that yeah, kind of god tier. It's status. a question of what do you stack Kenny up? Kenny made them change for the how game. long? Yeah, Kenny made them victory. change the Kenny game. Was, yeah, but Kenny S was like like for like three months. No, it was definitely a little longer than that. It was definitely a little, a little longer. longer. Four months. Also, yeah, like, <laughs> you're putting him above Device then, yeah. even with the consistency of how long Device is on top. The majors that he won. Maybe man. It's kind of curious. That depends. It depends on the criteria. Depends on yeah. the criteria. Well, because that's the thing is it depends. Do you stack we do up, have to define. Yeah. Do you stack up like means. accomplishments, winning trophies, performing well across a longer period of time? Or do you just say absolute amount of skill on display versus absolute competition? Because obviously Kenny S wasn't playing against the, the competition we have now. So okay, I, in, I still in terms think of absolute level. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go, go. For I, it. I was just going to yeah. say that that device would be above Zaiwu for now, but with a combination of Zaiwu maintaining his form up until this point and device falling down the way that he has since the nip move, it's not looking like that especially, will remain for so long. Especially considering Vitality is going to win the next major. So oh. he going to have that trophy real soon. But what if he doesn't win MVP? What if he it's the MVP? It's fine. What if it's a uh, Masuta? Just kidding. I almost couldn't say <laughs> oh that God. with a straight face. Um, <laughs> then I don't know. Congrats to him. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, good, then, good for, then good for Masuta. Okay. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, okay. Well, does anybody have him outside of top five? Like, I think he might be fifth for me. Might be f- maybe fifth. I, I don't think I could live with myself as you outside of the top five. No, he's definitely not out of the top five for me either. Okay. Place him either fourth or fifth. He's like seven. Yeah, I think he's fifth. Best. I think no, he's fifth for me. Obviously, top five is a like getting world number one in your rookie year just puts you already into just fucking insane status. Yeah, I mean, two back to back number ones, but one of them was in the online era, which yeah, I, which I've expressed before, does count for me. So that doesn't. And I also don't even know if he really was number one that year in my eyes. I thought it was simple, but so that's. Uh, are you disagreeing with HLTV top 20? Once again, again, I am disagreeing with the list. (laughs) It's not, it's not gospel. It is not the gospel. Um, I'm, it is the, it, I'm the new Testament, baby. I'm the new Testament. Um, um, I am esports. I am esports. I am esports. I am the list. I'm the list. I mean, basically Peter is saying I'm the list. That's what he's saying. That is true. Yeah. He is saying I'm the list. So uh let's do let's do let's do the next question. I think first off, I don't know. I, I think we would need a long talk and like a really detailed back and forth 
about where he would be, but I think it's safe to say five. I might even go as I really, really might even go as low as six, though. I really might might do that, but I it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. I don't know if I could. Not. I think the thing is, I care about era. I care about like the time period that someone did something in, not just absolute yeah. skill, because or else then you just can't like people are just getting better every year and you just kind of can't like people are getting better faster than they were before also because of the amount of resources out there. So it's hard to like get right. Get right would be in my get right would definitely be in my top six or seven for sure. Even though you watch back those old games and you're like, this dude would be the seven, like the, 120th best player in the world right now if <laughs> oh even that, if even that, was even not even an exaggeration but he only had a thousand hours in the game he only had a thousand hours in the how could you hold that against him against these kids that have like 15k hours monacy has like 15k hours or something like, Mon- get right was was winning 82 maps straight on land with with a thousand hours so that's not i can't hold that against get right there's also obviously like olaf meister fallen in his prime like there's a couple of players who had achievements that kind of just, outshine where zero are you actually right what about cold zero i just I, I just want to remind you guys i never said cold zero. when <laughs> get right was when get right was like eight going 87 and 0 and like shitting on kids on land mona c was like six or seven years old so just feel good <laughs> with that fact yeah yeah so are we picking on a baby right now is that what you're saying <laughs> we're picking on a child no i'm just wanting you to feel old okay yeah that's fine okay um okay last last patreon question adam is there any reason stewie will find success as a is there any reason stewie will find success as a long-term igl um, i just love this question because you know what his perspective is on he barely wrote anything but it's just the most biased writing ever <laughs> Is, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I feel like you just look at Stewie's resume, and obviously he hasn't done it like as the IGL, but it kind of just speaks for itself in terms of the success he's always had. Yeah, I do, there's definitely some things that Stu will struggle with as an IGL, where like you know he gets too emotional and he doesn't really do things in like the most optimal way sometimes, and maybe he could be a bit more open-minded. But I still just feel like Stu is just kind of like a natural leader still. I yeah. mean, he's had success as an IGL in like his fucking rookie year with C9, like 2016 when they brought in automatic and they won like the the epl land and shit like that with stewie as the igl like that's yeah that's pretty like that i don't understand how people can take that away from him he obviously has some sort of igl skills i don't know if it's enough to be the top one team you know but mm-hmm. Stu is definitely like i would say he's definitely a good igl he knows what he's doing yeah i think i think something that kind of is pervasive in the counter-strike space is that we consistently will like say is this person successful when they have led a top seven ranked team for years on end and just because they haven't the thing is like stewie was the no wait no god i i just i don't know why yeah like like with with the like the other angle that i kind of compare this to is the adren one where people are like oh adren's not a good coach it's like bro he, he won the i get the way they that it looked to everybody was like they just headshotted everybody but yeah, it's like, like, <laughs> the, like no there were strats there were there were things they were doing you know like you would and there's also the, other thing that coach has to do to like encourage an environment where what? people are like that comfortable and like clicking that well like that's Yes, dude. All sorts of things. Also, watch if if you watch any of those liquid games back. Watch how slow some of their T side rounds are. Like that's not they're not just clicking everybody's head. Sometimes it's explosive when they hit a bomb site, but it's not like they were just running out a ramp on Mirage fifteen rounds in a row. Like yeah, they're slow defaulters. Like yeah, with with Stu they got a little bit more loose once he joins. But liquid like 
pre and then obviously it was with Duran, but it just made more sense to go more loose with Stewie joining because you're just adding that kind of player over Stewie. But they one of the things Liquid was always good at was like defaulting and like disguising their defaults. They mm-hmm. they were always like spectacular, like disguising what they're doing and like adding layers to everything. Like they they were always like one of the hardest teams for me to anti strat. That kind of, they kind of lost that towards maybe like 2020, 2021 or so. But around that era, like especially when they have a trend, they're always they've always pretty much been one of the the harder teams for me to anti strat and, and actually understand. Yeah, I think okay. the only thing with Stu for me is that I feel like he needs somebody else to like add extra elements to his calling. Like he can't become a top like a top three IGL or anything like that. I think he can consistently lead a team, but he can't become like a, a number one best player. Uh if that makes sense. Like I think he would need yeah. an additional like Tarek, for example, on the old Cloud9, those two combined could call pretty well as a as a unit, I would say. But it's not necessarily something that he can achieve a top tier level of uh to beat some of the best teams in the world alone. I'm also kind of concerned with like people that just don't think X team is very good or whatever. Like, uh, like uh, there, there's like what what metric are people re- always judging that off of? Is it like is it just their their feeling or what? Because I'll just put this stat out there. Like, Evil Geniuses had a better T side round win percentage than Astralis at the Blast Spring groups. Like, what what like? So is Stewie a better in-game leader than Glaive because he had a better round win percentage? Like, what? I just don't know the metric that people are always saying. And it's like, people will say stuff like, Tabson's such a, you know, good IGL, but it's like, dude, Liquid, I mean, the thing is, Liquid had a better T-side round win percentage than Big did at the Blast Spring groups. Like, there's all these little things to me that just, just don't always, like, I don't know where the... I don't know where to draw the line for some people where they're like, what are they? What I don't know what they're taking. I just don't. Are they only taking wins of tournaments? Is that the only metric for people when they're judge, judging in-game leaders? I, I just I just don't know where they're where they're coming up with their idea that someone is or is not an in-game leader. Because sometimes you look at the strats and I think they look uh, pretty good. And sometimes I watch like like I watch G2 strats and I didn't think they looked all that good but then they actually had a good t-side round win percentage so do i just have to shove it on my own ass like i just i don't know i don't know like always i don't know where people are always coming up with stuff so uh i think that's okay that's it i we had one so i i saw one good sub question i don't know if you guys saw any others but my favorite was from seven spud um we can just do it Let's just yeah, do I it. I didn't see any others, so. Let's just do it. So Seven Spud was the one sub question we're going to have for this episode, and his question was, I like this a lot. If you could make it so one NA player stayed in CS instead of went going to Valorant, who would you have liked to see stay the most? Uh, I'm, I would say Ethan, honestly. I think Ethan would easily still have the most potential out of all of these players that swapped. And the longest like career potential in terms of where he was at. Okay. Ethan Ethan uh, would be a really good solid overall player, yeah. I I had three names pop up in my head. Okay. And they it. were then I'll, I'll, I'll pick one. Steel was one. Oh, Steel was now that he's unbanned. He was one of mine too. Yeah. yeah. Leaf, I, I, I Leaf, Leaf was another. Unbanned? Well, he's Isn't not he unbanned, unbanned from not, majors. Not from he's, majors. Yeah. He's unbanned from like IEM events and True. Uh, I thought yeah, he had other stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking sorry. I was thinking like the VAC ban shit, not yeah, the Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Forget Steel. He's better off in Valorant, just so that he can actually <laughs> play all the events. Even though yeah, he yeah, sure, sure. is now not going to play another event for like three months because Valorant format is cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then, so then, so then it's between two names, and one one name I thought of was Leaf because I've yeah. 
like from literally from the instant I saw this guy playing like main or like advanced, I watched like one demo of this guy when he was still in like main and like I could just understand like he just understood the game like so well. He just understood he was he was literally hard entering for his team and he had the best stats. He was literally hard anchoring. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like playing for stats and he was still just he just had the best stats because he was just so naturally talented at it. But yeah. I think the name I would actually go with is Vanity. I think that would yes. be the most mm. valuable piece for like NA to still have just because Wow. Vanity, like he he consistently grows as like an IGL. He consistently he has no fear. He's kind of like Stu in that regard, but he has a lot more. Um, he he's a lot better like handling people. I think, uh, especially with you know when people fuck up and things like that. He's yeah. something he's gotten a lot better at. And Vanity's like like kind of like Stu. I mean, Vanity just fucking seems to win wherever he goes. I mean, he's had success on United first for times, um, but more so like he had success on they Chaos, especially when he started to take yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. He had success on Chaos. He had success on version one in Valorant. He's having success on C9. Like I just if I could pick one name, I probably would pick Vanity. You know mm. what? That's that's actually a really good chat. I didn't even think of Vanity. I would I would change my pick to Vanity over Ethan, actually. Yeah, that was pretty convincing. It is definitely convincing. Just... My pick is a little bit of a cheat though. Okay. Because okay, my okay, pick okay, is okay. actually Nitro. I would actually what I would have liked to see if Liquid held held fast, held him. didn't okay. change mm, their lineup. So Grim never comes up, right? There's a lot of stuff that go, happens differently. I think mm-hmm. if that team really gave it an honest try at LAN again, you know, maybe then we could have seen something very different. I just I'm curious personally as to how that would have gone. A lot of people will probably be like, "What do you mean he was washed? Get him out!" But I mean, he's back now. If you just make it so that that in between period never happened, who knows what's different? Hmm. These are all good. These are all good picks. I, I, I have a. It's hard to one up. I was kind of thinking steel, but then also I think my my reasoning for steel was simply just that he's gonna he was gonna be a good leader, like you know, pass down information yeah. to other players. But then with uh, with you saying vanity, it's almost like you're just getting kind of a new and improved steel. From, from yeah, that. he was Steel's pupil in many ways, right? So you actually get a, like a part of Steel lives on in Vanity, but unfortunately they both went the same way. So whatever. <laughs> um, I would have personally wanted to see Marved. No, I'm just fucking. Oh my god! Please end this. <laughs> um, no. Can we, can we get some kidding. real questions in here? This is an unreasonable question. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Um, no. I. I. I can't. I really don't know if I can. If I can say anything better than I. I think. Yeah. Vanity takes it. Vanity takes it. That's just. That, that's just, just too good. Be. It's just what NA needs the most. You know. Like yeah. yeah. An, yeah. A long-term IGL for the future. Instead, yeah. we're bringing back. We got Stewie calling. We got Nitro fucking coming back after a year. Yeah, we got Daps coming back. Like, yeah, it just would be nice to have. Like, imagine Vanity on a fucking EG or a Liquid at this point. They'll oh, be okay. back. <laughs> Actually, I have a, I have a different answer. I have a different answer. I just got a thought of this one. I want Potter back. I'd want Potter uh, back on. There you uh, go. Encounter Strike. What are these meme answers? Oh, see, it's not even what a meme is- answer. I obviously, don't because she became a player. For a while, and I wish oh, she just. I, yeah, I would. I wish she just. I wish she just stayed in uh, the CS world. That's that's my. That is actually my answer. That's a fair shot. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only thing I can say that could possibly one up the vanity angle, which was very well done. Mix. Uh, I'm really Mick's, smart. Mix's been taking some dubs recently on the on the show. Like the, the the MIBR one is is huge, and then the vanity call. Yeah, there's not much. Those are the only dubs I get. <sighs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, <laughs> gotta take them where they where they come. Can I, I gotta take them when I can get them where I can get them. <laughs> All right. I think we're I think we're good for shout outs. I think we're good for shout outs. This has been a this has been a good show. It's already we're already past the two hour mark for being live. That's pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, let's do shout outs. Uh, Pranogo, what's your shout out? Shout out R. Lewis reports who is getting hosted after this. Okay, we're gonna throw a raid his direction after this. Uh, no, stole my shout out right out of my mouth. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, mix, 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 mix. His shout outs always really fast, so you could just uh, mix. shout out to one leaf. Okay, just one. Okay. Yeah, one leaf. No, you have any writing coming up? Any articles? Uh, no, not at the moment. No big features. Just, uh, I mean, Wait. I'm writing one on North America, but that one's like a long term one, so it's gonna take a while to finish. NA Probably ma- not okay. by the next show or anything. Shout out any match fixing. Uh, reasonable. Big shout out. Big Absolutely shout out. reasonable. No, cool. no. Shout awesome. out. You know what? I do have a shout out. Shout out Isik for dropping their uh, fourth quarter 2021 report that they definitely said was coming out before. Yeah, the shout the out to Isik's ticket, oh, sure. ticket system. Huge yeah. Shout out. shout out. Shout out to that. Um, okay. Let's. I'll. I'll do my shout out. Shout out to We Play. We Play finals are coming back. Um, they're. They are sending us to Ukraine, even though the players aren't going to be there. Uh, that's my shout out. Uh, but it's going to be nice. honestly tune in, see who the next Monacy is. It's going to yeah. be good. And uh, shout out to the patrons. Be sure to subscribe on Patreon. You can type exclamation mark Patreon in the Twitch chat, and it's also always in the YouTube description. Pay these guys bills. Sub to the Patreon. Get your questions answered. And uh, that that should be it. So peace out, guys. This has been a, another. You guys don't solid. Gonna be homeless soon. Yeah, no look at his lights. <laughs> his lights got turned off. He doesn't even can't even pay for the electric bill. Okay, all it's right. Here. See you. All right, see you again.